When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's all cold down along the beach. The wind's whipping down the boardwalk. And man, you guys know what time it is? Coming to town, I know that because I watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade yesterday, live, all of it, and I did see Santa at the very end come to town, which is always the signature kickoff of the holiday season. Always great stuff. Then uh, even late last night, I took a walk over with my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my birthday boy son, Gabriel, to Joe Murray's house. Joe, of course, a very high-powered well-known defense attorney, usually mobsters, by the way, lives in my neighborhood, and he puts on this amazing show every year. They call it the Little North Pole. In fact, Joy joined me, uh, Joe joined me on Wednesday morning, and he talked about it. And um, so we, we wanted to see what the house looked like because a couple of years ago it actually won an award, a $50,000 cash award, for being the nicest Christmas decorated house in the country. So we figured what better way, if they're having a beautiful Thanksgiving dinner, which Danielle put together, and then a great birthday cake from Ciro, from my son Gabriel. Let's take a walk. It was balmy last night, about 50 degrees. Giants and uh, getting their asses kicked by Dallas anyway. Let's take a walk and and see Joe Murray's house. So we walk over, and um, he's on the corner of 144th and Neponset. And tomorrow, there's going to be 1,000 people there, 1,000. Santa Claus, all these kids, juvenile diabetes. He's got games. He's got food. He's got drinks. We walk over. We see this beautiful, and I mean beautiful, red house on the corner. No lights. (laughs) No lights. I mean, I don't know how you do that. Thanksgiving night, two days before this epic event where people come from all over the world, literally, to Joe Murray's house, and the lights aren't on. So it's a little disappointing. You can see all the beautiful decorations. He's got these uh, soldiers, these toy soldiers. They've got to be 20 feet high by his front doors, carousels on his lawn, 
all the Christmas characters you could imagine. He's got menorahs and dreidels. I mean, it was very, um, very festive, not just for Christians, for Jews, for everybody, but no lights, none. In fact, the house next to him, which is not nearly as impressive, all their lights were on. In fact, most of the houses who had Christmas decorations, their lights were on, but not Joe's, not last night. So he walked back to the house, and then I watched the end of the Cowboy-Giant game. Curtis is wrong. I'm not upset today about the Giants. I had zero expectations based on the Giants' effort in New Jersey against the Lions last Sunday. And then that same exact day watching Dallas beat the Vikings by 37 points in Minnesota, I did not expect the Giants to go to Dallas as a double-digit underdog and win the game. Now, the um, the home team won every game yesterday. There were three games. The Bills, actually, I stand corrected. The Bills did beat the Lions in Detroit game one. Then it was the Cowboys beating the Giants in Dallas game two. And then late last night, the Vikings beat the Patriots by a touchdown in Minnesota in game three. The Lions were a big home dog. They covered, nearly beat Buffalo, lost by a field goal. The Giants were a double-digit underdog and should never have covered. Dallas led by 15 late, and the Giants got the backdoor touchdown with six seconds left to break a lot of hearts yesterday. A lot of guys, I bet the Cowboys, wanted to kill themselves. And then the Patriots didn't cover in Minnesota. The Vikings were favored by less than a field goal at home, and they won by a touchdown, earning their ninth win in the young season. So the Bills go to 8-3. and three. The Cowboys go to 8-3. and three. The Vikings go to 9-2. and two. Three very good football teams as we get more football coming up on Sunday for a week 12 of the NFL season. But it was a nice day for me. Again, nice Thanksgiving dinner. No Ava. That hurt just a little. A lot of you folks are so sweet. I put up on that uh, Keith Smolin, Sid Rosenberg fan page. Used to be the Bernie and Sid page, but he changed that, obviously, with Bernie's passing. And I did send my best out to... Bernie's family on Wednesday, first holiday season without him. That's got to be very, very tough. But uh, no Ava yesterday. She's still in college in Wales, so we missed her quite a bit. I mentioned that to John Katsimatidis and Dominic when I called into their show yesterday. I do want to thank both John and Dom for filling in. They did a very good job. So Ava wasn't there. My dad, of course, the last time I saw him alive was on Thanksgiving two years ago. So it's always a very uh, a better, a bittersweet day for me now, Thanksgiving. It always been my favorite holiday. I'm on record saying that many, many, many times. Great family get-together. Just stay home and eat all day and watch football. No pressure to buy a gift, open gifts, have other people stop by, none of that. But I did miss my daughter yesterday, and I do miss my father. But it was a really, really a beautiful day. It really was. And now comes the day after Thanksgiving. And uh, I know some of you folks out there can't stand me because you're envious or stupid. I don't care. I don't care. It's because you're envious. Um, And that's fine. But I've worked my ass off for 23 years to become one of the most respected and better hosts in this country. And certainly the number one guy at this station. Sorry, Curtis. Worked my ass off. There was one point in my career I was on over 60 cities across America. I had to make trips to places like Abilene, Texas. Lacrosse, Wisconsin, Clarksville, Tennessee, to do shows to end up at stations like WFAN and WABC. So I say this with zero apologies and zero remorse. I've worked with a lot of partners. The best partner I ever had was Bernard. 
I love him and miss him. And he was a great partner. And the show was great. And the show was still great. And still getting big ratings and doing all the things we did even before. Uh, so, I, you know, I listened to some of your phone calls on the way in. It just makes me laugh. But um, I've earned the, the, the um, I guess, the right <laughs> to take the Friday after Thanksgiving off. I don't think I've worked on this day in about 15 years. You know, when I first started in this business, way back when, I worked with a guy named Scott Kaplan. And Scott does a popular sports talk show in San Diego. And it goes all the way up through the Los Angeles area. He's a big-time guy in California. You've heard him on the show with me and Bernie many, many times. He and I remain very good friends to this day. And we started together back in 1997. And I think the last time I worked on this day was with him because when we started in the business back in 1997, we had this little putz program director, schmuck, this guy, Charlie Barker. And Charlie used to say, listen, the days that other people don't work, here's your opportunity to show them what you've got. So most people, most of the big stars are off days like today. Now's your chance for people going shopping, people going visiting to hear you guys. And we hated his guts for making us work, but we did. We had no choice, you know. And it was a long time ago. And then when you get to a certain status in this business or any business, you don't work on a day like today. But uh, they came to me and asked me to work. Bottom line, I did not volunteer this. And I never say no. Never. So I'm here. And it's a, it's an odd day because none of my guys are here. None of them. Lou Rafino is not here. Diego is here. Thank you, Diego. We'll do a very good job today. Thank you. Phil is not here. Ryan is here. Good morning, Ryan. Uh, no Justin Ellick. No Frankie Diaz. No Deb Valentine. No Norm Layden. None of them. I've never worked with Diego before. I didn't even meet Ryan until this morning, literally 30 minutes ago. Some other girl, Camilla, is supposed to show up. She's not even here. I mean, you talk about a skeleton cast. And, again, you kids, I give you all the credit. Thank you for being here today and working with me. I really appreciate it. I really do. But uh, this is this is uh, an odd day for me. Again, not used to working this day. Won't do it again. This is it. Hope you enjoy it, John, Chad, everybody else. This is it. And um, my whole cast is out today, which makes no sense. The guys that work for me are home with their families. I'm the star of the show, and I'm judging it at 4 o'clock in the morning on the Brooklyn Bridge. So I, I, I couldn't care less about getting ratings today. This is a marathon, this business, not a sprint. Today's ratings mean nothing to me. So if I have a great day because other people are off, who cares? Doesn't mean anything. So I'm here. I'm going to do the show. But um, I'm not all that happy about it. I'm not going to lie to you. But you should be happy about it because you got me today instead of 38 straight hours of Curtis. I mean, this guy did the overnight show. He did the news show. He's filling in for Brian Kilmeade. And I asked him to sit in with me today. So throughout today's program, Curtis will be here with me too. We've also got Anthony Scaramucci stopping by today talking about this FTX scandal. What a mess that is. People have lost billions and billions and billions of dollars. Other folks got into trouble, right? People like Larry David, Tom Brady, some big names. So we'll talk to him. Judge Napolitano is going to stop by today, which is very nice of the judge. He'll be here in the 9 o'clock hour. And maybe one or two more surprise guests as well. So we got uh, we got a great show for you today on this Friday morning after Thanksgiving. 
And the phones will be open all day today, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Whatever you want to talk about, I don't care. You want to talk about Biden? You want to talk about Eric Adams? You want to talk about the Giants? You want to talk about Aaron Judge? All out there. The beauty about me in this program is we discuss everything. We are not a one-way street here, whether it's news, local politics, national politics, sports, pop culture, entertainment. There's nothing we don't discuss and nothing we don't opine on on this show. That's how we get much better ratings than everybody else. Here is, in fact, let me grab an early morning phone call. I very rarely do this. This is Teresa. She's in New Jersey. I doubt it's Teresa Jewadice. She's online, too. Good morning, Teresa. No, no, it's not Teresa. Uh, I can't even pronounce that name you just said. <laughs> okay. Good, Good morning. morning, Sydney. How are you? I'm well. Good morning to you. I'm so very sorry, I and, and I understand that you uh, really, really miss your daughter, and it's it's too bad she couldn't be home for, you know, the holiday. And but, but don't be sad, sweetheart. Okay. I'm not really all that sad, only because, Teresa, she's she's doing really, really well. You know, she's uh, thriving in Europe. She's getting great grades. She's acclimated to Europe very, very nicely. And she's going to be home December the 19th. She's going to be home with me, Danielle, and Gabriel for Christmas, for parts of Hanukkah, for the new year. So we um, we will see Ava quite a bit, but this is the first time in 19 years. That's a long time. First time in 19 years that she wasn't home for Thanksgiving. Now, look, again, just to make the comparison, for Carol McGurk and Melanie and Brendan, uh, Bernie was not there this year, and Bernie's not coming back. So it's a little different, right? Ava's going to be home for Christmas. She's only 18 years old. I'm hoping she moves back to New York when she's done with her college experience. So there's lots of Ava left in our lives. And unfortunately for my dear friends, the McGurks, there is no more Bernie. So I don't want to make that comparison. So she will be home next month. We did miss her yesterday. But all in all, it was still a lovely holiday with, again, my son celebrating a birthday and the beautiful dinner that Danielle made. Tommy Two Tones is in Brooklyn. He's on line one. What, uh, what's going on? Is traffic? No, no, I'm Tommy two times, and I'm up in uh, – I'm I'm from Brooklyn, but I'm up in Lake George right now with extended family members for the holiday. Okay. Um, I want to say, Sid, uh, I love the way that you wear your heart on your sleeve and never be ashamed and never worry that you find so much passion for your friends and your family. I love that about you. You're a great thank guy. You. Oh, thank now, you. Li- listen, Joe, that guy, Joe Muir, at uh, his house – it's always lit up so beautifully in Rockaway. It's lovely. He has problems with traffic down there. I think that's one of the reasons why they, they don't have so many lights on all the time because the traffic became too a little crazy. Oh, there. okay. All right. That makes sense. Probably, maybe because of the bills, too, because I heard it's very, very expensive. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's funny you say that. That's the first thing when we walked away last night. That's the first thing that me and Danielle said was it's got to be really costly light up this house with all those decorations every year. That's the first thing we talked about was the cost. Now, traffic, I don't know. I just moved into the neighborhood. Last night it was dead. We were the only three people standing outside the house. But you're probably right about the traffic. One more. Wendy is in Huntington, Long Island, on line three. Good morning, Wendy. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm okay. What's happening? Hi. Okay. 
so I hear that you speak about anything I'm listening to as I'm driving, and I am very curious if you address if you would address the uh, situation in our school. Um, I have a first grader, and I am a very open individual, but my child is coming out with all kinds of material about gender. <laughs> uh, listen, I, 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 don't even get me started. You know how I feel about that. It's disgusting. Uh, in my opinion, it's child abuse. These teachers, the teachers' union, should be ashamed of themselves. It's awful. That's why a guy like Ron DeSantis is a hero for doing what he did down in Florida, which is he introduced the Parental Act, not the Don't Say Gay Act, the Parental Act. In fact, there's nowhere in that bill, nowhere in that bill where the word gay is used, not once. But, of course, liberals who want to contaminate our children and ruin our children, they don't like the fact that Ron DeSantis did something really good, which is putting the power back with the parents. I don't need some green-haired, earring-nosed, you know, 24-year-old, snot-nosed jerk telling my kid about sex, trying to convince my kid that if you're a boy, you want to be a girl, that's okay. So that is something we've discussed time and time again here, going back to the big fight with Tom Swazi, again, Ron DeSantis, me and Bernie on the same page with that for just about forever. We can't stand that stuff, Wendy. And once again, that is uh, child abuse in our estimation, and uh, those people should be ashamed of themselves. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Again, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, Anthony Scaramucci in the 9 o'clock hour, Judge Napolitano. Curtis Sliwa is in the house. He'll hop in and out every couple of segments. And I'm with you till 10 o'clock this morning till Curtis Sliwa takes over from there. To me, Sid Rosenberg, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Keep it right here. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Santa Claus is coming to town. Talk Radio 77, WABC. got up on a Thanksgiving Day morning. The gym was open. I used to live on the Upper West Side on 104th and West End, and New York Sports Club on 92nd and Broadway was open. And I remember I would go very early on a Thanksgiving morning and work out and then get home in time to shave and shower, get ready, and then 
get in the car with Danielle and the kids and go to my sister's house, for example, in Rockland County in New City. And um, they close now. Same thing with the YMCA in Rockway. It'll work out now. They used to be open on Thanksgiving. Now they close. And I always want people to be home for the holidays. I really do. I think it's important. You know, I'm, I'm all for hard work. I'm all for, you know, working uh, as much as you possibly can. But I think it's important for people to be home for the holidays. I do. So I get it. But at least they open until 12. I mean, Thanksgiving really doesn't start until the afternoon. Although uh, I, I say that and, and I start celebrating it in the morning because I do try every year to watch the parade. And to me, that's part of the tradition. In fact, when I first came back to New York in 2016 to work with Bernie, we went to the parade, me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe. It was miserable. It was freezing that day. I mean, freezing. And we sat out there in the bleachers right in front of Macy's, and we were really uncomfortable. And we stayed for about an hour and a half, and we left. Yesterday was a much nicer day in terms of temperatures, actually a perfect day for a parade. So um, I did start my day yesterday by watching the parade, even though I can't stand NBC. I'm still trying to figure out the appeal of Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, whatever her name is, whatever. Is that right? Hoda Kotb, yeah? What is the appeal there? I mean, they're like, they're like two old yentas. Neither one of them is all that attractive. Neither one of them is all that smart. Neither one of them is all that funny. Neither one of them is edgy. They're just, but I guess that's what America likes, right? America wants, you know, I guess you look okay, you say nice things, and we like you. Because that's all they are. They got nothing. And they have this, you know, this uh, Craig Melvin, who is a very handsome African-American host, who I believe one day will probably replace my friend Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, it's my guess. And he does, you know, the studio stuff. So you have women, you have a black guy. You know how it goes, you know. You, they don't really want any like, regular white guys here. That's not good. And then they have this um, Andy Cohen shows up. And he's Mr. Bravo Television, which is an NBC universal product, Peacock TV. And he, you know, smiles and grins and talks nicely about Broadway. I mean, they, they opened the show yesterday with uh, Some Like It Hot, the Broadway show Some Like It Hot, which I'm really fat black lady. Singing and dancing, and I don't know the show, so I just thought it was funny that the name of the show is Some Like It Hot, and the number opens parade with uh, somebody who's anything but hot, by the way. And um, Andy Cohen was like just all over him. He, he couldn't, he couldn't, couldn't smile and scream and yell enough. He loved it. Couldn't wait to go see it. And they do all these Broadway show numbers, you know, and they all lip sync. And some of them pull it off pretty well. It's really more about the dancing and promoting the shows. I get all that. But if you really pay attention, some of them are so bad, the lip syncing is not even close. Not even close. And then, of course, because they're outside, the audio is never great. The acoustics are never great. So for the most part, even though, again, it's part of Americana, it is tradition, we love to see the floats, it does highlight our city, which is a terrific thing. For the most part, it's a four-hanger abortion. Four hangers. It really is. It's a, it's a nightmare. So yesterday it gets even worse. So they got one of these uh, dopey ladies out there, some reporter. I don't know who she is. She's talking to Savannah and, and Dahoda, and her cell phone rings. 
And she's like, oh, oh, my phone is ringing. I mean, some of the worst acting you've ever seen. Oh, who could this be? And it turns out it's the president of the United States and his dopey wife, Dr. Jill. Now, I've watched this parade for a thousand years. I don't ever remember the president calling into the Thanksgiving Day parade. Seemed like, in my opinion, if I had a guess, NBC reached out to him. So do yourself a favor. Your approval ratings are so in the dumper. Everybody watches this parade. This can only help. So call in and people will love you. Because I, I got to believe that if Donald Trump called when he was president, they wouldn't pick up the phone. She'd be like, oh, my God, it's Trump. I'm not picking it up. <laughs> so Biden and his wife call in together. She's acting all surprised like it was, you know, wasn't supposed to happen. And it was a complete nightmare. Because for the better part of 30 seconds, as you're about to hear, she says hello about 10 times, and she's getting nothing back. Exactly what you would expect from Joe and Jill Biden. Part of the course. So if you missed it, this is courtesy of NBC Live from yesterday's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Joe Biden calling in. This would be cut 6A. Wait, guys, I think I'm... I think I'm getting a phone call. You know, I, I'm not one to take a phone call during TV. Oh, but I think I think I should answer this one. Hello, Mr. President. Hello. Hello. Joe. I don't think I can hear you. Can you hear me, Mr. President? Nothing. You believe this? Live TV, folks. Live TV. Happy Thanksgiving, Mr. President. Are you there? We're here. Oh! (laughs) I was so worried this call wasn't going to go through. enough of that. So you heard that. That was like literally almost 30 seconds where she's like, hello, Mr. President, hello? And you hear nothing, and then you hear some gargling, and then some, some conversation in the background, clearly between Joe and Jill. It was so embarrassing. So any good that NBC tried to do there, and, of course, liberals don't care. They're like, oh, this is so nice, and, oh, my God, he couldn't hear her. Isn't that awful? In the meantime, if you watch President Biden speak to the nation on a daily basis, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. There was nothing nice about that call yesterday, nothing cute about that call yesterday. In fact, you would think... If the president is calling on Thanksgiving, what would he talk about? Family, people getting together, the holiday season, don't let inflation keep you home, go out and shop America, things are going to be great. What does he do? What does he do? He panders to the police. Why? Why on Thanksgiving? The first responders, the veterans, nobody loves the cops more than me, me and Bernie. Nobody, nobody. But I don't think about the cops when I'm thinking about Thanksgiving. I think about family, right? What am I thankful for? And certainly I'm thankful for the police. But if I'm the president, I'm not talking about that. That was a complete pander job by Joe Biden. Again, more and more embarrassing stuff out of him. So if you missed it, here was the rest of the call. Uh, Diego, play this. Joe Biden, cut number six. How are you? We're fine. We're fine. (laughs) You're watching your parade. Doing a good job. Oh, thank you. I love that you're watching like this. For the good weather, the parade too. That's the best part. I will take credit for that. Yes, thank you very much. 
This is uh, more of it, again, where Biden goes on to thank veterans, first responders, the cops, says nothing about family, the holiday season, all the good stuff you want to hear on Thanksgiving. Diego, play this. Joe Biden, cut number seven. What do you want to say to everyone watching right now? We just want to say we're so grateful for uh, the people, for this opportunity, for the health that we have now in America. And... uh, Joe, what do you want to say? Well, I want to say thanks to the firefighters, <laughs> the police officers, what? first responders. Um, they Talking never about. Take a break. That's uh, jo- Dr. Jill Biden. They actually called her that at, at the end of the call. They're like, and we want to thank the president and Dr. Jill. Doctor of what? Finally, here's the end of it. This is, thank God, the end of it. Joe Biden, cut number eight. And what are your plans for Thanksgiving after the parade? Well, we're just going to uh, have dinner with the family, probably take a walk on the beach, Aww. and uh, just uh, feel for, uh, for our family. Well, we've been coming up to Nantucket for, since we first got married, whole family, and uh, beautiful. it's become a tradition. And we're going to go stop at the fire department. We're going <laughs> to make sure we spend some time on the island thanking the first responders here. First responders. We're going to see the Coast Guard and the military. Oh, very nice. Yeah, there you have it, folks. So that's uh, Joe Biden and Dr. Jill Biden. 30 seconds of dead air and then a bunch of nonsense. And they're going to spend time with the family on Nantucket. Sounds perverse to me. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Again, the phones are open all morning long. I'm with you until 10 o'clock. Curtis Sliwa, who will hop in out of these studios this morning, will hop on then. Anthony Scaramucci, Judge Napolitano. One or two more surprises along the way. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy holiday season. It's me, Sid, on a Friday morning, right here with Billy Joel on Talk Radio 77, WABC. little Boston for you. More than a feeling at 6.40 on your Friday morning, day after Thanksgiving. Back with me, Sid Rosenberg, the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in the city, the self-proclaimed best talk show in the country, doing something I haven't done in 15 years, and that is work today. I will tell you that on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney. At Rosenberg.Sydney, I've got a ton. I'm surprised. I'm not going to lie. A ton of really nice messages here. Ute Bischoff, Cheryl Marie, Pat P., John McGeever, L. McMean, Doc Ten, all these folks, all these folks with uh, some really nice messages. Happy that I'm on today, so well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We do have uh, Curtis Sliwa at some point hopping on. I think he's asleep in the studio next door. The guy did the overnight for Frank Morano last night. Then he did the news hour, which Deb Valentine usually does. And when I'm done at 10 o'clock, he's going to do four hours for Brian Kilmeade 
and part of our Greg Kelly show. So when he says WABC, always broadcasting Curtis, man, is he right this uh, this weekend. But I need to get him in here at some point today because I am upset with him. This letter he wrote to the uh, Department of Investigations trying to get uh, the mayor in trouble is just uh, silly. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I kind of get it. You know, I mean, Curtis does love this city. He's worried about this city. He's dedicated his life, a real hero, dedicated his life with the Guardian Angels for the better part of four decades to protect this city. But he has such a hard-on for Adams. And if you don't think a lot of that is because Adams beat him, then you're stupid. And it's way too personal. And he's doing stuff with Adams that he he didn't do with de Blasio. And de Blasio was a disaster as well. So I need to really get inside the mind of Curtis and figure out why he is going out of his way to do this. Not because it is true that I'm becoming somewhat friendly, hardly best friends. We're not going to Aruba together. Calm down. Hardly best friends. But I am becoming somewhat friendly with the mayor. And I do want to help the mayor putting together this Rudy Giuliani dinner and other things in an attempt for some more bipartisan opinion. And Curtis isn't helping. So I need to get inside the mind of this psycho and uh, find out, other than the obvious, which is Eric Adams beat his ass, I mean badly, what is it about Eric that really has this guy so pissed off? Because he's, I mean, writing a letter, come on, because he gave some lady a job? I mean, every mayor does that, every senator does that, every congressman does that, every president does that. I mean, I'm not going to tell you Eric Adams is doing a great job. That would be stupid. But I haven't really seen Eric Adams do anything that other politicians don't do. You would think all these things that are bothering Curtis were never done before. So this is clearly personal. You can tell, right? I mean, I mean, Diego, you can tell, right? You don't be a genius to figure that out, right? It's clearly personal, right? You can talk on the mic today. You're allowed. Hello. How are you? Don't worry about that. Just answer the damn question. Repeat the question? I didn't really understand it. You didn't understand it? Do you think that Curtis's issue with Eric Adams is personal? Oh, oh. Yes. yes. Okay, yes. thank you. That's all I wanted to hear from you. Thank you, Diego. You're doing a great job. Did you go to Western Michigan University? I did go to Western Michigan University. Really? What part of Michigan is that in? That's in uh, Kalamazoo. Okay, uh, sure. I believe Derek Jeter is from Kalamazoo. The great New York Yankee Derek Jeter. Really? I never knew that. Yes, yes. In fact, his parents still live there. They may be in Florida now at this point, but they were from uh, Kalamazoo, yes. Uh, Grab this call. Uh, Jimmy is in Yonkers Online 1. Jimmy, what's up? Hey, what's up, Sid? How you doing? I'm fine, thank you. I said, you just, you made a big comment the other day, I mean, about 10 minutes ago, about um, Savannah Guthrie and Hoda. Yeah, boring. You know, over over the hill? Boring, yeah, boring. Hey. You didn't find Dylan Dreyer, one of the top ten weather women in the in the in the country, appealing? Who, who's this? Dylan Dreyer. I don't know who that is. I don't watch the show enough, but thank you. So, I mean, if you're gonna sit around and uh, masturbate to my, the weather women, then God bless you. Not 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 my thing. I don't know who she is. You know, I mean, there's a million hot weather chicks around the country. That's what they do now. They hire hot women to be weather chicks, because I guess they're not ready yet to be hosts, but. The hosts, the ones that spend most of the time on television, I find to be boring. 
Savannah Guthrie bores me. And, and by the way, she's uh, agenda-driven, biased, and hateful. And Hoda is not like that. She's a nice lady, nice lady, seemingly a very nice lady, but just bores me. I, I don't know. I mean, not that CBS is any better. Gail King is also hateful, very hateful, by the way. And she's no better. And then uh, you go to ABC, you get Robin Roberts, lovely lady, cancer survivor, sports, African-American, hateful. I mean, I'll never forget her sitting there with Jesse Smollett crying when the whole world knew. Every moron in this country knew that Jesse Smollett from day one was full of it, full of it. And there's Robin Roberts sitting there with him and Michael Strahan and the rest of them crying and trying to comfort Smollett. Me and Bernie are going, she can't be that stupid. And she's not that stupid. She's just agenda-driven like the rest of them. So it's not just Savannah and uh, Hoda. It's all of them. It's every single one of them on network television every weekday. Is uh, Jeff. Jeff is in Forest Hills on line one. Good morning, Jeff. Sid, I've been with you from the get-go, bro. I really have, and I'm upset because it seems like you're schmoozing going out. Why don't you guys just go up to Rayo's and have dinner and hang out? Well, what, wait, 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 wait. Jeff, 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 Jeff. First of all, I don't care if you're upset. I really don't. He's the mayor of New York City. We've got a voice, people like you and me. He needs to hear our voice. So if you want him to bring back Stop and Frisk, guess what? When I had dinner with Eric Adams, I brought that up. I am so tired of you people telling me what you're angry about, upset about. I don't care. I care about doing great radio and helping this city. And ignoring the mayor doesn't help this city. So if your phone call was about why not bring back Stop and Frisk, guess what? At dinner, I asked him about that. So if you're going to abandon me or not listen, it doesn't matter. My show was number one by a distance. You know, if you like the show, great. If you love the show, great. I get more messages from people that are angry, upset, mad, I'm not listening. Then don't listen. Do I call you at your job every day and tell you I think you're doing a lousy job? Do I do that? Do I text you or Facebook you and say to you, you know what? You should have done a better job in court today. Why do you think you've got the right to do that here? Because I'm a public radio guy? You wanted me to ask Eric Adams... Why not bring back Stop and Frisk? Well, I did. I did. And Broken Windows. And why didn't you yell and scream at Stuart Cousins and Heasty? I did all of that. I am your voice. He's still the mayor of your city. And if I don't get involved and involve Rudy and other people, he's going to continue to do the stuff that you folks don't like. So what you should be doing instead of getting angry and saying stupid things like, if Bernie was alive, if Bernie was alive, he'd be the first to congratulate me. The first. The first. What you should be doing is saying, Sid, way to go. You're providing our voice to the mayor. That's important. Here's Rhonda in Suffern, online two. Good morning, Rhonda. Hi, good morning, Sid, and happy holiday to you and your uh, family. Same thing to you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Hey, thank you. And we always have Bernie's family in our hearts and in our mind as yes, well. of course. We love him, and we love you. Thank and you. your choice of music is wonderful. We uh, <laughs> love the 80s and all that. 
But I have a CD for you. It's a couple of years old, even probably more. Uh, Christopher Cross, Walking in Avalon. It's wonderful, and I think you would really appreciate it. Now, uh, Walking in Avalon, I'm not familiar with that one. Sailing, obviously. Uh, think of Laura, uh, author's theme. All these uh, songs come to mind. You're saying Walking in Avalon? Yep, Walking in Avalon. It's all his new stuff. And then the other CD has his, um, it's the live performances of Sailing and Laura and all that. I, you're going to love it. You're probably going to have to order it, unfortunately, on Amazon. I wish I had an extra one for you. No, but that's sweet. Thank you. Thank you. I will order that. Your, your choices of music. And you, too, I never really got into. But you playing it, I'm like, i got to find some CDs with them <laughs> because they're really good as uh, well. That's great. Well, th- well thank you for the, um, for the recommendation. I'll uh, check that out. Walking in Avalon, we do play a lot of Christopher Cross. In fact, I'm going to come back and play Christopher Cross when I get back from the next break because I'm a huge fan, always been a huge fan, and love that music from the 80s. So thank you for that, Rhonda. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Again, still to come, Curtis Sliwa, Anthony Scaramucci, Judge Napolitano, one or two more surprises along the way. Wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving Happy holidays on this Black Friday, which has to be racist, no? Can't say Black Friday. Can't say White Christmas. Can't say Black Friday. Can't say anything anymore. We've got a lot more to do. Keep it right here with me, Sid, Friday morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Rosen, 655 on your post-Thanksgiving Friday morning. Back with me, Sid Rosenberg. Three or four more guests, or guests, I should say, to come your way before Curtis Sliwa takes over at 10 o'clock. This is William. A lot of phone calls today. Give you guys the opportunity, because most days we just don't have the time to do it. So today, my whole cast is out. I've got Diego and Ray doing a very good job. Brian, I should say, doing a very admirable job filling in. So we'll take a lot of calls today. William in Westchester, line two. Good morning, Bill. Hi, good morning, Sid. Uh, You know, I appreciate your love of Rockaway, but as a small kid in the 50s, it was paradise. Uh, My Irish cousins had a small bungalow right by uh, Beach 98th Street by the train station between the train and Jamaica Bay. Yeah. Great place to hang. On the other side of the tra- uh, train tracks was uh, was Rockaway uh, Beach Amusement Park. It was a terrific place, too. And then the GD government messed everything up. Eric Adams' uh, predecessor, John Lindsay, had miles and miles of these bungalows torn down uh, to put up public housing. They never put up the public housing. They're, you can go for several stretches on the A-line where nobody gets on, nobody gets off. It's like uh, Berlin after the war, <laughs> thanks to the government. Uh, I hear you, William. Thank you, because I wasn't around then to confirm or deny this, but you sound like you know what you're talking about. It's still beautiful. I've lived all over New York, all over. I've lived in uh, New York City with Danielle in Chelsea, in Battery Park, Upper West Side, lived all over Brooklyn, the Midwood section going up on East 22nd in Quentin, Sheepshead Bay, uh, lived in the Bronx, in Riverdale. In fact, the only borough I've never lived in is Staten Island because now I'm in Queens and Rockaway. So we've lived in four of the five boroughs. And even though it may not be what it used to be, William, of all of my New York residences, it is far and away the nicest. Now, we did love Tenafly, New Jersey in Bergen County. Loved it. But in terms of my New York addresses, which now cover four boroughs, this one by far the nicest. Charlie's in Hell's Kitchen. I love that area. Charlie, good morning, pal. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. And listen, you're absolutely right. I mean, you you got to make inroads at the mayor if you have an opportunity to do it. You're doing the best. You're trying to help the city out with crime. It doesn't matter whether you like the guy or not. Or you, you, if you have a chance to do good and make inroads. Oh, look at this. Mayor. We actually found somebody. We found somebody at 6.57 the day after Thanksgiving who actually uses some common sense and doesn't let his personal feelings get in the way, act like a jackass. Congratulations, Charlie. You're absolutely welcome. And and you're absolutely great, too, about Savannah Guthrie and the, the rest of the crew, Gail King, Robin Roberts. They're all a bunch of agenda-driven hate mongers, and it's driving nuts because if Trump had a fair media, if he had an honest media, we'd be in a second Trump term right now. We wouldn't have any of this inflation. We wouldn't have these supply chain issues. We wouldn't have a crisis at our southern border. We're letting in God knows who and planning to do God knows what to us. We wouldn't have any of these problems if we were in Trump's second term. And, and, I, and I think you're absolutely right. And not enough people point that out, that these people in the media are agenda-driven hate mongers, and they're like the umpires calling balls and strikes. <laughs> and they are. Uh, thank you. Thank you for echoing my sentiment, Charlie. And you're right about Donald Trump, too. I mean, here we are today being one of the busiest shopping days of the year, if not the busiest. You've got a three-day period now between Black Friday today and uh, Cyber Monday on Monday. Where I guess a lot of Americans shop. I mean, me personally, this is the last day I'd go shopping. The last day. Never shopped on Black Friday. But lots of folks ain't shopping today because of inflation. And that, folks, 
That goes to Joe Biden, not the last guy, my buddy, Donald Trump. One hour in the books, three more to go, including four big-name guests, more of your phone calls, and more holiday frolicking right here with me, Sid Rosenberg, only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. On this Friday morning, Sid Rosenberg with you. My team is out. They're all out today. Lou Rafino out. Justin Ellick out. Macedonia Phil out. Frankie Diaz out. Deb Valentine out. But Diego's doing a very good job today of running the board. Thank you, Diego. Ryan's here as well. Some stupid lady just called up, but I, I am calling you stupid, to complain that um, I name call. Lady, lady, go to church. Go to church. This is a talk radio show. I'm a very edgy guy. I name-call people. That's what I do. People in the media, I name-call. Politicians, I name-call. People who make stupid phone calls and write stupid letters to radio stations, I name-call. Been doing that for 20-plus years. Clearly, it's working. The ratings are through the roof for the number one show in New York City. That's my style. You don't like it? Go put on Len Berman. But you're not going to call the station and send letters. If you think my bosses are going to tell me, stop name-calling people, then uh, you really are stupid. You can tell I'm in a mood today. You can tell, but, I mean, I just, I'm so tired of these people, my God, with their stupid posts on the Internet and calling the station and sending letters. I don't like city name calls. Then why are you listening? Don't listen. This has been my style for 20-plus years. I ain't going to change. I don't care if it's Joe Biden. I name call Joe Biden. I don't care if it's local politicians, Kathy Hochul. I name call Kathy Hochul. Or you, lady. I don't know your name. That's the good news. So I can't call you out by name, but if you're going to make a stupid phone call, then I'm going to say it's stupid. So um, you can knock yourself out and call the station or write a letter. No no one cares. Trust me. Sherry is in Canarsie online, too. Good morning, Sherry. Happy holidays. Good morning, Sid. How are you? I'm okay. Happy holidays. You too, Sid. Thank you. Uh, Listen, you know what I said? I'm African-American. I can't stand Mr. Adams. But okay. guess what? I don't expect much from him. But you know what they say? Keep your enemies closer because you have to know what they're thinking. And the only way we're going to know what he's thinking is by uh, you giving him a platform to express his mind. So that's okay. 
You can have him on the show. No, I've heard that before, uh, Sherry. Keep your enemies closer. And I understand that that point of view. He's not my enemy. Uh, Thank you for the phone call. He's not my enemy. I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. I do hate Kathy Hochul. Hate her. And I did hate Bill de Blasio. I don't hate Eric Adams. He's not my enemy. But your point is well taken. If there is somebody out there that you disagree with or they disagree with you, then why not have an ongoing dialogue to figure out how to fix some certain things or change things? So, uh, yes, the, the old adage, keep your enemies closer, makes sense in that we differ politically in our views, but he's not my enemy. He's not. If Kathy Hochul ended up on the show, that would be keeping my enemies closer. With Eric, I just disagree with a lot of stuff he does, a lot, a lot. And I have since day one. Remember, at the risk of repetition, I was there first. Curtis has been there since day one, but it's personal because Curtis lost to him. Greg Kelly has been there from day one, but that's personal because Eric Adams has called out Greg Kelly's father, Ray. I was the first host on this station with no ties to Eric Adams to call him out. Even my own partner, Bernie, God rest his soul, would tell me, no, give him a chance. I like what I see. And eventually I convinced Bernie that he's not doing a very good job. And Bernie started to really get on Eric Adams. In fact, the one time we had him on together, it turned out to be a bit of a disaster at the very end because Bernie would just go at him like a rabid dog. And that's not my style. That's fine. Um, But he's not an enemy. In fact, I'll tell you the truth, he's a likable guy. I had dinner with him and my wife, and the conversation was good. And he was funny. And we had some laughs. And he did listen to what we had to say, which was a lot of criticisms about crime, about education, about the city in general, the dirt, the homeless, subway travel. I mean, we whipped out a list of about 15 things. Now, mind you, it wasn't just a grill session. Like I said, we talked about our children. Eric Adams is dyslexic. My son's got dyspraxia. So we had a great discussion about charities and kids who are behind the eight ball when they start out. Eric talked about, very honestly, his childhood, how he was a troubled kid. And his mother used to get very, very upset. And he was happy that when his mom passed away a couple of years ago, she saw a kid that went basically from a, from a kid who was a criminal to the mayor of New York City, and she was very, very proud. It was a productive and good dinner. We're going to do it again. I'm going to get Rudy Giuliani to come to the next one. I think that will be a great help. Some bipartisan opinions from the greatest mayor in the history of this city to a guy now that's struggling, and he is struggling. Now, look, yesterday, for example, Eric Adams could have had dinner, I guess, at Gracie Mansion. He could have did what I did for many years, which is go out for dinner before I bought my own home. He used to go to the Red Rooster up in Harlem, but he didn't. He elected instead to have his Thanksgiving dinner on Rikers Island. I don't know how many times Bill de Blasio even went to Rikers Island. I know Adams has been there a bunch over the last couple of weeks. And he talked yesterday about the issues with Rikers. Don't forget, there are folks in this city, in this state, that want the federal government to take that place over. Eric Adams keeps fighting to keep it within the city's regulations. An overlook, I should say. So here Mayor uh, Mayor Eric Adams was at Rikers yesterday, 
talking about how here in New York we're not going to ignore this place any longer. Diego, this is Mayor Adams at Rikers Island's Rose M. Singer Center, cut number one. We've always treated Rikers Island as this distance place. Whatever happened here, let's ignore it. Uh, this administration refused to do that. And one way of saying we're not going to ignore you is for the mayor to show up. He also went on to talk about how the guards work really crazy hours, like 10-hour shifts, sometimes doing double shifts, sometimes doing triple shifts. Here's Mayor Adams talking about how the guards not really appreciated. Uh, this is cut number two, Diego. The number one we realize has been long hours for a long time of the doubles and triples you've heard of in uh, the Department of Correction. And when I got elected, you know, I was told by some of the officers when I visited here about the triples. We wanted to cut down on those. These officers, I believe, are really just underappreciated. It's a very difficult job, and they're here every day doing that job, many of them doing long tours and long hours. And I want to say Happy Thanksgiving. He also decided to stay and have dinner with a jailed mother and her new baby. This is Mayor Eric Adams, Diego, cut number three. When I heard you were here, just wanted to come and wish you happy Thanksgiving. And finally, he uh, asked a guard how long she's been working, talking about the guards working doubles and triples, being unappreciated. Here's what she had to say. Finally, Mayor Adams from Rikers Island yesterday, cut number four. I'm doing five to one one tonight. Five to one one tonight. So you were able to be with the family earlier? No. So he decided on this Thanksgiving holiday, and he got a ton of invites, I can tell you that, to go to a lot of very nice places, a lot, to celebrate Thanksgiving on Rikers Island. See, the beauty about Thanksgiving for me is just appreciating your family, who you're with at the time could have been a prisoner like Eric Adams. And the beauty about the holiday, this country. And I know for me, I sat down last night with Dan and Gabe and I toasted, if you will, made a speech, if you will, about the things that I was thankful for. Once again, talking about how my daughter was not there yesterday. She's in college. My father's no longer here. So I mentioned some of the things that kept me a bit melancholy yesterday. But the speech or the toast at dinner on my son's 14th birthday overall was very, very positive and very uplifting. Because that's what Thanksgiving should be. Unless, of course, you're Joy Reid, the racist television host On MSNBC, you know, I talked earlier about what is the appeal with people like Guthrie, Heidi, Coda, Heidi. At least Coda is a likable lady. I don't find her to be uh, TV exciting, but she's a very likable lady. Like any aunt you may have, any grandma you may have. This Joy Reid is such a nasty, nasty, America-hating racist. I have no idea why MSNBC thinks she's good. She gets no ratings. It'd be one thing if you can prove to me, hey, she gets big ratings. If you don't like somebody and they get ratings, it doesn't matter. She doesn't even get ratings. Nobody likes her. Everybody knows she's a racist and she gets no ratings. And yesterday, yesterday on MSNBC, she blasted the holiday of Thanksgiving. Think I'm kidding? Diego, Joy Reid, 
Cut number one. Our nation has never been. But it's also important to unpack the myth of Thanksgiving. It is a holiday riddled with historical inaccuracies. Built on this myth that the indigenous welcomed their colonizers with open arms and ears of corn. A simplistic fairy tale interpretation of a 1621 encounter between indigenous tribes and English settlers that erases the genocide that followed. Then she goes on to talk about violence in this country. She basically describes our country as a country of violence. This, Diego, is Joy Reid, cut number three. We are a country that chooses violence over and over again. There is no facet of American society that is untouched by it, as all the recent headlines remind us. She's right. And guess who are the people that are doing that? Perpetrating that. Her people. Let me remind you, Joy, your Black Lives Matter and all your fine Democratic folk, how that went in the summer of 2020, when just about every city, regardless of what your cohort, Whoopi Goldberg says, just about every city was on fire, burning down police stations in Minneapolis, punching people across the face, innocent people dining on the Upper West Side, shooting people and stabbing people in every major city across America, Atlanta, Chicago, Portland, New York, Seattle, you're right. There's a lot of violence in this country. And guess who is doing it? Your people. When I say your people, I don't mean African-Americans necessarily, even though just about every attack on a Jew, just about every attack on an Asian in this city is, in fact, African-American. I mean Democrats. You're damn right violence is an issue. But we weren't founded on violence. We're not a country that thrives on violence. Here's Joy Reid, cut number two. It's the truth Republicans want banned from our textbooks. Because here's the secret they want so desperately to keep. We are a country founded on violence. Oh, shut up. Our birth was violent. In 1619, a ship with more than 20 enslaved Africans landed in Virginia, ushering in two centuries of American slavery that left millions in chains or dead. And when those humans in bondage were finally free... A terrorist organization that was a card-carrying member of polite society, the Ku Klux Klan, picked up where the Civil War ended. So I have an idea for that lady who I started this segment by talking about that's upset because I name call. Do yourself a favor. You want to send a letter to somebody? You want to make a phone call to somebody? MSNBC. Ask them why they've got a racist on the air every night who hates this country hates white people, hates Republicans, hates anybody that's not her skin color and doesn't share her ridiculous philosophies. If you want to send a letter and complain about something important, don't send it here complaining about me. I'm number one. Send it to MSNBC and find out why they still employ a lady like Joy Reid. 1-800-848-WABC, one 800 848-9222. Once again, Curtis Sliwa, Anthony Scaramucci, Judge Napolitano, and more still to come your way on this post-Thanksgiving Friday with me, Sid Rosenberg, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
morning for you. Only the young Friday morning, 724. Hope you all had a really nice Thanksgiving. I know that I did. And celebrated my beautiful little boy's 14th birthday. It was very, very nice. Looks like a, a rainy Friday in store today. So if you're planning on shopping and going outside, bring an umbrella. There's my best beloved for you. Coming up at uh, 840, we are going to talk to Anthony Scaramucci, 905 Judge Napolitano. Uh, Curtis Sliwa will hop on at some point today. So we've got a couple of our good guests coming your way. I did see the, the halftime show. Not sure why I did, but I did. Of the Giants-Cowboys game yesterday, and it was uh, the Jonas Brothers. I guess they're fine. They're harmless. Uh, Joe Jonas, is he the, the big star? I don't know. Now, one of the kids used to be married, he may still be, to a girl named Danielle. And they had a reality TV show. I remember that. I remember seeing a couple of episodes. And the third brother, I don't even know what he does. I don't know. But um, they all sing with very high voices. And when they get older, it seems like it doesn't work as much for me. But one of oh, Nick Jonas. I guess Nick is still a huge star. He does some acting, too. He was in Jumanji, a few other movies. But I just don't get it. I mean, here I go again. I don't get Savannah Guthrie. I don't get, uh, what's her name again? Coda. How do you say that lady's name? Diego, how do you say that uh, on NBC? Coda Hotby or something? I, I honestly I just don't get it. And I don't get the Jonas Brothers. Like, none of them are really good looking. Nick is kind of cute. They got that stupid millennial facial hair. They're all pale and kind of out of shape. I don't know. I just, I mean, they're fine, I guess. I just, I watched the halftime show. I was pretty much underwhelmed, to be honest. When they were going crazy in Texas, they loved them. So maybe it's just me. Could be me. You know, look. If God is good to me, I'll be 56 years old in April. Time is passing me by. I find that I enjoy what's popular today less and less. I do the same exact stuff my father and grandfather did, which annoyed the hell out of me when I was a kid. They would always nostalgize and harken back to the good old days. Well, you don't get it, son. You think baseball's good now? It's not even close. Me and Grandpa used to hop on the train, go watch a Yankee game, have hot dogs and come home and spend 35 cents. And I'd be like, well, that's because you're old, Dad. <laughs> I mean, so, so what? And then the music, and you just don't get it. And the movies, and, and I'm doing the same exact thing these days. I just I watch some of the more popular stuff, and it just doesn't appeal to me now. Yellowstone is the best show on television. There is no close second. Nothing comes close. Paramount Plus on Sunday nights, Kevin Costner, Kelly Riley. This guy, uh, Taylor or Tyler Sheridan, is an unbelievable writer. In fact, he also wrote Tulsa King, which is a show that me and Danielle enjoy now with Sylvester Stallone. Those two shows we really enjoy. Yellowstone, Tulsa King, when Ozark comes back, that's a great show. Over the years, we've enjoyed shows like Peaky Blinders, The Crown, and a few others I'm forgetting. It, it doesn't matter. Point is, most of those are Netflix shows anyway, or Amazon Prime, or the streaming networks, Hulu, I don't know. But on network television, there is just nothing left. We're laying in bed last night in between the Giants game and the Vikings game, and we're like forced, almost forced, to watch Young Sheldon, which is cute. I like that show. It's cute, but there's nothing on. I mean, nothing. You can't watch the news because David Muir, Lester Holt, and Nora O'Donnell are impossible. I mean, impossible. 
You can't watch cable news unless you watch Fox News, and they're getting worse. Almost every day there's a liberal on that channel. I mean, not during the primetime shows, uh, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingram, but throughout the day, a guy like Brett Baer, he'll bring on a liberal. Martha McCallum, no issue there. Uh, Jesse Waters, too, doesn't do that type of stuff. But Fox News, you roll the dice. Newsmax is fine. It's fine. But um, I don't know. It's just there's nothing to watch. So you're almost forced to watch network television sometimes, and it's a very, very tough watch. It really is. Well, the Politano checks in from Arthur Avenue in the Bronx and in Tony's, and uh, he says they're puppets for the establishment. They'll do as they're told to keep their jobs. They're shameless with zero integrity. Yellowstone is great, but why do they have to say the F word? Really? You're worried about that? Seriously? Why not? I say the F word all the time. What is wrong with people today? Why do they have to say the F word? Why does the F word bother you? I don't get that. When I'm not on the air, it's amazing I've I've never really cursed on the air in 28 years because when I'm not on the air, I use that word all the time. So what? I use it in front of my kids and say, well, little, so what? So I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that, uh, that critique. Do you watch Yellowstone, Diego? You like that show? Never seen it. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 24. Yeah, you're dumb. What do you watch? What was that? What do you watch? Oh, I watch uh, Stranger Things, you know, stuff on Netflix. I, I like Stranger Things. I've seen that. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's really directed at your age, your audience. Yeah. But I like yeah. it. Yeah. They I play like that, the theme song for that uh, show. Every other song on radio is that, is that song from that show. It's okay. It's interesting. That's all you watch is that one show. That's no, it? no, it's uh, it's uh, I. <laughs> yeah. I also what do I watch, Ryan? I watch. Uh, Why are you asking Ryan what you watch? I don't yeah, know. It's up to that, you. It's what you watch. It's yeah. what I. Do watch. you guys live together? No. <laughs> okay, Ryan, what do you watch? Oh, I've recently got into uh, Abbott Elementary on uh, Hulu. Okay, not familiar with that. And I forget what it was. I think. How I just, old are you, uh, Ryan? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. I mean, your kids, and you guys mostly work on the weekends. Yes. Uh, yeah, weekends. So, what, like, for example, what hosts do you work with, uh, Diego? Uh, Bo Snerdly, Cudlow, and um, no, Steve Moore. Yeah. Judge Jeanine Pirro. You work with her on Sundays. On Sundays, yes. She's cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like she it. name calls a lot. I yeah. doubt that lady calls and bitches about Judge Janine. She name calls a lot, lady. That's all she does, <laughs> Judge Janine Piero. She's a monster superstar. And, Ryan, who do you work with on this uh, station? I primarily work with Music Radio, WABC, with Vinny, Cousin Brucie, and Joe Piscopo. Very cool. Very nice. So this is a big deal for you guys, getting the opportunity to work with the big, the big guy here. Oh, uh, yeah. On the yeah. morning show. And you both have done very, very well. I, I would tell uh, Matt uh, Meany, the program director, and Chad, if they care, that you both have done very well. I came in early in the morning, and, Ryan, you've been cutting up sound all morning. Very helpful. Diego, you like the music. You're hitting all the right buttons. No uh, disasters so far. So congratulations to both of you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So when's your next shift, Diego? My next shift is uh, exactly 24 hours from now, 6 a.m. tomorrow. And who is that? That is uh, I'm doing um, 
I'm doing uh, Long Island. Uh, no, that's not that's on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do Best of Bernie and, and Sit in the Morning, right. which is now Sit in the Morning. Right. Yeah. And then I'm doing um, yeah, the Bernie stuff is really getting uh, yeah. morbid at this point. I mean, geez, yeah, God, gonna... no, no one loved Bernie more than me. He's been dead for two months. Enough. For it. Let's go. What else? Yeah. And, uh, stop playing those promos too. Bernie and Sit in the Morning. My God. Yeah. Uh, which you, you, you played two or three times, right? Yeah, but it's not your fault because you didn't know that. But you I can't play those anymore. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. So you got that tomorrow, the best of me, and then and you then got Bo. Uh, Bo. Okay, I'll do Bo. Yeah, Bo Stoney's a really nice guy, by the way. Yeah, he's I amazing. like him a lot. Yeah. Like him a lot. And what yeah. about you, Ryan? What's your next shift? My next shift tomorrow, starting at two p.m. So that's Anthony Weiner, left versus right, and then we're gonna do a whole thing with Curtis. <laughs> a disaster. And then Vinny and cousin Brucey tomorrow. So. Oh, my boy, Vinny Madunio. Uh huh. I like that kid. He's a good guy. All right, well, listen, we got lots more to do. we got three guests coming your way and uh, some more sound from yesterday, including Ted Cruz. Once again, Joe Biden called in live to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was a complete disaster. Mayor Adams enjoyed his Thanksgiving dinner on Rikers Island. Kevin McCarthy opening a can of whoop-ass on Mallorcas and Kanye West. Oh, he don't like Donald Trump so much anymore. They were good buddies, remember? Not so much anymore. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Some more journey for you on this Black Friday, 733, with me, Sid Rosenberg, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. States is back at it today in this uh, World Cup deal. We're going to take on England. England's like really good. They, um, I mean, they beat Iran. That's that's easy. Six to two in their first game. In fact, they scored six goals. And if you don't follow this, that's fine. Their best player is a guy named Harry Kane. Harry Kane is one of the best soccer players in the world. You talk about the Lionel Messi's, the Ronaldo's, a bunch of other folks that I can't pronounce. Nor do I care. Uh, Harry Kane is one of those. And uh, he didn't even score the last game, and they still put six in the net. We, the United States, if you're not following this, of all places, we took on Wales. <laughs> so if, you don't, if you're listening for the first time, my daughter Ava goes to college in Wales. She goes to Cardiff University. So I FaceTimed my daughter a couple days ago. Didn't even realize the soccer game was on. And she's in a bar in Wales with Wales stickers on her face. I'm like, Ava, you were born at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. 
You have split your time between Tenafly, New Jersey, Boca Raton, and New York City. You've lived in Wales for a total of two months. Why are you voting for Wales against the United States? But ah, she's into it. She's going to college there. She loves it. And we played them to a 1-1 draw. If you read the New York Post the next day, you may have been misled. The Post actually ran a headline that read, USA loses 1-1, which makes no sense. In fact, Macedonia Phil tried to explain that to me, and he failed miserably. So we played Wales to a tie. England kicked the crap out of Iran, and now we play England today. And it's going to get ugly. I don't follow it closely. Diego is from Mexico, and he's actually a soccer fan. God bless him. Why are you a soccer fan? Why do you watch that uh, dreadful sport? It's so boring. <laughs> Why? What do you like about it? Oh, my dad. Well, I like um, I like the atmosphere when you go to soccer games. They kill people there, Diego. They actually kill people in the stands. What atmosphere? It's 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 nuts. Yeah, well, that's that's unfortunately a a, a, a bad part of oh, the history right. of Mexican soccer. It's like an Eagles football um, game. That's not everybody. People die there too, but that's not everybody. I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, well, well, the well, the good, the good, the good side of it is, um, you know, the passion. Yeah. Um, when when people get violent in the stands, I don't think that's you don't passion. Like that. I think I don't like that. No, yeah. I hate that. I, were you I'm were you mad that. when when Donald Trump? first won the presidency. It may have been before he won. I think it was after he won. And he was talking about the Mexican people because we have a big issue now with the southern border. You do realize that, Diego. And he said, quote, they're bringing in drug dealers, rapists, murderers. (laughs) And he said, and I love Trump, he goes, I guess there are some good ones there too, but he basically described the people in your country in the most derogatory way possible. And I couldn't make an excuse for him. Bernie tried. He failed. I couldn't make an excuse. And I love Trump. And right now, Trump is the guy I'm voting for over Ron DeSantis. But his whole commentary on the Mexicans was beyond offensive. Beyond offensive. Yes. Were you offended by that? Um, well, let me let me say, uh, yes, I was. Um, well, but don't also... be such a wussy all your life. Get over it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Were your parents offended? They must have been offended. Oh, my parents were way more. Yeah, my, yeah. my dad. Your especially. parents live here or live in Mexico? They live here. Yeah, they yeah. they uh, they worked um, they worked here through a visa. And um, are, they, they, uh, are they here legally? Yes. My God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they work in the uh, automobile industry, and um, they. <laughs> They uh they it it took it took us a long time it took yeah. us a long time uh, yeah. fourteen years uh, to, oh, God to, bless to, to get him um God yeah they they for st- doing it correctly and, and the right yes. way God bless them so they were very upset with Trump so they didn't vote for Trump obviously oh no, no. um uh, my mom is is more the contr- uh, on the conservative side but she she still she still doesn't um she's mad at Trump <laughs> yeah and um yeah my dad's more on the uh, the uh, center liberal. I guess corporate liberal. Yeah, I understand. Um, sure, but uh, for me personally, it was like I, I didn't really care about politics, American politics, until I heard that, until I saw that headline, and that, that pissed you off. Yeah, yeah, that changed. But you do realize things. there's a big issue at the border, though, in the southern. Oh border. yeah, you oh, do. Yeah, realize. I know. Okay, I know. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Of course, because uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, who in all likelihood is going to be the majority speaker, has been really talking about that for days now. Some of this stuff he, I actually played a couple of days ago. But I'm assuming there may be a new audience today because folks are off. They're shopping. They were working on Wednesday. So I'm going to play it again. In fact, I've got a bunch of McCarthy cuts here talking directly about that, the problem at the southern border, which is a huge issue 
The biggest issue of all, of course, really two issues. One, the terrorists that are coming in, and there are terrorists coming in, and more importantly, the fentanyl. The amount of fentanyl coming across our border, killing young Americans like Diego, like Ryan, is really alarming and very upsetting. And it's every every day. So if you missed this a couple of days ago, here is Kevin McCarthy. This uh, Diego is cut 1B, talking about how the border has become our biggest issue. Our nation has never been so at risk, and their job has never been harder. Those brave men and women risk their lives every day to protect the American citizens from the consequences of illegal border crossings. Together, we bear witness to the worst border crisis in the U.S. history. And by the way, it's about to get worse. If you folks don't know, we had something in place called Title 42 during COVID, which limited the amount of folks crossing the border because we wanted to make sure COVID-infected people didn't come. Now, a judge kept Title 42 in place last week, but only for four more weeks. So what I'm saying is Title 42 is about to come to an end, and that means millions and millions more people crossing the border illegally. That's the point here by Kevin McCarthy. Cut number 2B, Diego. There has been more than 4 million illegal border crossings since Joe Biden has taken office. That's not the worst part. Now that Title 42 may end, we're bracing for a tsunami. People talk about 18,000 crossings in a day. That would mean 13 million more illegal crossings for the rest of the term of Joe Biden if nothing changes. Do you hear that? Over the next two years, 13 more million illegal crossings. And as I talked about, the fentanyl, the terrorists, all that is in play. In fact, McCarthy told Congress about the terrorists. They called them a liar. And as it turns out, he's exactly right. Diego, this is cut number 5B. I warned, having learned from the Border Patrol agents, of the suspects on the terrorist watch list that were coming across The amount of fentanyl that they hadn't seen in the past now coming across. We held a press conference. We advised not just America, but to the members of Congress. Members of the Democratic Congress said I was lying, that there weren't people on the terrorist watch list. Congressman Gallegos said that, who said it's on armed services. Since that time period, more than 107 terrorist suspects have been apprehended crossing this border. 107. He talked about the fentanyl deaths. Who's to blame? Of course, the director of Homeland Security, this lying bastard, Mayorkas. This guy can't resign to be impeached soon enough. In my opinion, he's right now right there for public enemy number one in this country. And in this cut, Kevin McCarthy calls him out, talking about the fentanyl deaths. This, Diego, is cut number 8B. Under Secretary Mayorkas, His deliberate suspensions of our laws have proved deadly. Fentanyl is now flowing in record amounts. Today, 300 Americans will be poisoned and die. Tomorrow, 300 more. It is the equivalent of an airline crashing each and every day in America. So he's giving Mayorkas the choice here to resign or be impeached, because, again, don't forget, Republicans now have gained control of the House, not the Senate. We did lose that, and, of course, 
that can't be saved, even if Herschel Walker wins this runoff against Warnock on December the 6th. It's still a 50-50 tie, so the Democrats retain control of the Senate. It could be as bad as 51-49 for the Democrats. But the Republicans have the House, and now the choice is resign or we'll impeach you. This is Kevin McCarthy, cut number 11B. Today. I am calling on the secretary to resign. He cannot and must not remain in that position. If Secretary Mayorkas does not resign, House Republicans will investigate every order, every action, and every failure will determine whether we can begin impeachment inquiry. By the way, it's not just Mayorkas. Everybody takes their marching orders from the imbecile in charge, the man who made that embarrassing phone call to the Today Show yesterday during Thanksgiving. That would be Joe Biden. And Republicans are not going to stop and end with Mayorkas. Biden 2, 6B, Kevin McCarthy. In 42 days, a united Republican House takes control. In 42 days, we end one-party Democrat rule in Washington. A new House Republican will work to stop Joe Biden's assault on our laws, our borders, and our border agents. We will use the power of the purse and the power of the subpoena. Now, let me be clear. Those responsible for this disaster will be held accountable. So like my friend Ralph says, if we've caught 107 terrorists, how many others got through? And that is a part of the terrifying, terrifying issue with the border, which this government still tells you, these liars, that it's secure, it's okay. And if there is an issue, if there is one, the person to blame, Donald Trump. Sorry, Diego, have your parents explain that one to me. Because when he was in charge, we didn't have masses and masses of people at the border. We were building a wall. It was absolutely under control. So, I'm just saying. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Lots more to cover. Diego and Ryan doing a nice job here for my guys all out until Monday. Three big guests coming your way. And more of me, Sid Rosenberg, on this post-Thanksgiving Friday. Only right here on New York's number one talk station, 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. GoboLaw, where winning is no accident. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of their breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight Lower the curtain down Down on right. I got no time for private consultation under the Milky Way tonight. Wish I knew what you were looking for. My uh, good friends, Cheryl Klein and Tom Mango, coming over for dinner tonight. Eat some leftovers. Danielle made a, a pretty nice-sized turkey yesterday. And, of course, it was only the three of us again, me, her, and Gabriel. So got a lot of leftovers. Got the uh, string bean deal there with the French onion deal. That's left over. Plenty of potatoes. A lot of food left over. So Cheryl and Tom will come over. We'll do that tonight. And tomorrow, of course, I've got the Little North Pole celebration at Joe Murray's house, which is a um, a wonderful event, raising money for juvenile diabetes. My dear friend Stephen Van Zant from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, better known to you folks as Little Stevie. Of course, he also played Silvio Dante, Jimmy Gandolfini, Tony Soprano's consigliere on The Sopranos. He'll be standing with me tomorrow at Joe Murray's house. I have a bunch of other stars, too, Grammy Award winners and I heard it's my first time. I just moved to Rockaway back in April, but I heard it's an amazing event. I'm very excited about it. So that's uh, tomorrow afternoon. Then Monday night, I'm actually getting an award from the East Side Metropolitan Republican Club. I can't make this up. My friend Chris Lenzo, who's adorable, she um, she runs that club. I spoke there, did a book signing over the summer, and they give out this 
award for journalistic integrity every year, an award that uh, me and Bernie won, uh, Teddy Atlas's foundation gave us that a couple of years ago. Well, I've been given that award, and I'll receive that on Monday night. She said to me, I said, now, now why am I getting this award? This is the type of place where people like Steve Bannon and Steve Miller speak, you know. And she said, because you said you are exactly what we need more of. You're just an everyday guy. For example, if you saw me right now, you're used to me coming to work because I do those Instagram videos every morning and all my interviews are on Twitter and Instagram. I'm always wearing a beautiful jacket from Joseph Abood or Anthony's Place, the garage. I dress very nicely. Today I'm wearing a pair of sweatpants and uh, a rather large sweatshirt. It's your everyday Sunday morning Brooklyn. I'm going to the bagel store before the Giants outfit. That's what I'm wearing today. She goes, you're that guy. You know, you like football. You like TV shows. You go to the park with your kids. You care about the Republican Party. You care about politics. But the way you deliver it on the air is so authentic and so genuine that nobody else in the country does what you do. They just don't. And you're so unpredictable. We never know from one second to the next if you'll even be on our side. And we like that. We like that. So, therefore, you're getting this award on Monday, and I was all too honored. So I'll be there on Monday night. Then next Friday, we've got this beautiful gala. Congratulations to John and Margot Katsimatidis, my owners. And I must love them a lot because I'm here today. I must. Uh, They're receiving an award at the Tunnel to Towers Foundation dinner. And I'll be at that on Friday night. And then next Sunday, I'll be at MetLife Stadium for the Giants and the Washington Commanders, courtesy of Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. It's a heck of a week, huh? A heck of a week. But uh, all of it is uh, is, is uh, good stuff. What is this guy, Rick in Elmwood Park, online four? Good morning, Ricky. Good morning. Um, you were talking about the border and how it was equivalent. They said it was equivalent to a plane crash every day. Yeah. My father died in a plane crash in Cali, Columbia, American Airlines Flight 965. Is that right? I know that American Airlines flight. The cartel was the, the one who did that, right? He was He was the captain. It was because of the computers and the fact that there was no radar on the runway. And um, what really upsets me is it did 300 people that died day. It's not just them and their lives that are lost and destroyed, but their entire families. That's 300 families that are destroyed every time 300 people die. Uh-huh. And the Cali-Columbia drug cartel, who were the reason why they, they blew up the, the radar, now they're streaming across the border. Yeah, That's yeah. really an insult yep. on top of injury, yep. thanks to this administration. Well, I'm sorry about your father. And, Rick, you know I feel exactly how you do. Now, you've been personally affected by this, again, with that tragic loss. So, again, I'm very sorry, especially now during this holiday season. But you know how I feel about this administration, Biden, about Mayorkas, about Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, all of them. Liars. No good. Anti-American. Anything but patriotic. Liars. They have no issue, none, allowing the cartels to take over major cities in this country, allowing fentanyl to kill our kids by the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, allowing terrorists to come into this country. And it may be tomorrow, it may be five years, it may be ten years. But trust me, folks, it's going to happen again, and they've got no issue. Those are the people you voted for, folks, in big numbers, and continue to. 
Congratulations. There right now on Third Avenue here on this Friday after Thanksgiving, you two Heartland off of the great album Rattle and Hum. If you saw the movie, this is uh, the scene where Bono and The Edge and Larry Mullen Jr. and Adam Clayton are all sitting outside the very famous Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee, where folks like uh, Elvis and Jerry Lewis cut albums. So that's a great song, great album on this Friday at 8.06. And it's a cloudy one today. It's going to be rainy. Not a great weekend when you include today, because two out of three not great weather days rain today till I guess later in the afternoon, and then Sunday's a complete washout. Now tomorrow it's going to be nice, which is good for me with that little North Pole event I'm attending at Joe Murray's house tomorrow. But not a great weekend for weather, although the temperatures are not terrible. In fact, in the 50s, took a walk last night and it was uh, very very nice, so that, that's okay. But we are expected to go back into the low 40s. 30s and 20s coming up later on next week. Uh, the phones are open all morning, being this is a uh, kind of a holiday show. My regular staff, Lou Rafino, Macedonia Phil, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine. None of those folks are here today, just me. I've got a couple of guys filling in doing a really good job. Diego, excellent. Ryan, excellent. Thank you so much. But the crew is out. So the phones are open all day, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. When I'm done at 10 o'clock, no Brian kill me today, you get the great Curtis Sliwa, the great Curtis Sliwa, who's now done, I think, 16 of the last 20 hours. It's ridiculous. He built in for Frank Morano last night. He did the one-hour news show for Deb Valentine this morning. And when I'm done, he's doing four hours for Brian Kilmeade. So God bless Curtis. And then I have no idea what the rest of the day looks like. You know what I mean? Who's on at 2 o'clock? Do we know? I know John's working because John worked yesterday. John Katsimatidis, him and Dominic filled in for me. I did call in during yesterday's show. You see, um, I've got something in common with the President of the United States. Only one thing, folks, trust me. 
both of us called into shows on a Thanksgiving Thursday. I called in to John Katsimatidis and Dominic Carter, who did a great job filling in for me yesterday. And President Biden called in to the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I swear to you. And it was, as you could imagine, and not because I don't like the guy, but as you could imagine, it was a complete and utter disaster. You can't even make it up. Now, I'm watching it live. I get up in the morning. Danielle does her workout on the Peloton downstairs. I couldn't go to the gym because it was closed yesterday. Get myself a cup of coffee. And I like to watch the parade. I get it. I hate NBC. As I've stated two or three times today, I don't understand the appeal of either Hoda Kotb, Savannah Guthrie. I don't get it. They're boring. They're just, they do nothing for me. And the the acts they have on that day, like if I see Sean Paul one more time, I'm going to heave. Sean Paul sucks. Who cares about Sean Paul? The parade started with my friend Mario Lopez. I love Mario. He's a cute kid, but really? That's as good as it gets, Mario Lopez? Then you get a bunch of fat and nasty Broadway performers doing all their, their show routines and lip-syncing, by the way. Then you get a, an hysterical Andy Cohen all smiling and giggling and laughing, Mr. Bravo himself. I mean, it is such, it's a torturous watch. But Americans love it, and to be honest, I'm guilty because I watch it every year because, to me, it's part of the whole tradition. Not my favorite part, but part of it. So I got the show on the parade, you know. I'm having my, uh, in fact, Danielle made me egg whites. I'm having my egg whites. I'm having my cup of coffee. And I see this uh, lady, one of their reporters. I don't know who she is, actually. Some blonde lady. She's out on the parade route, and she goes, oh, look, my cell phone is ringing. So you know right off the bat this is staged. There's no person is ever going to say while they're on live television, oh, look, my cell phone is ringing. So she says that, and, well, who could have imagined this? It's the president, the imbecile in the White House, and his dopey doctor wife, Jill, calling in, which is very nice. Americana, Thanksgiving, all very nice, but it couldn't have gone worse. So if you missed it yesterday, that's why I'm here today. This, Diego, is cut number 6A. Take a listen to how long it is between the initial hello from the NBC reporter and a response from our doddering president. Take a listen. Wait, guys, I think I'm, I think I'm getting a phone call. You know, oh, I, stop. I'm not one to take a phone acting. call during TV. Oh, but I think, I think I should answer this one. Hello, Mr. President? Nothing. Nothing. Hello. I don't think I can hear you. Uh, can you hear me, Mr. President? Still nothing. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving, aye, Mr. Aye, President. Aye. Are you there? Well, I'm here. <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was so worried this call wasn't going to go no, through. Enough of that. All right. So you? there you have it. She must have said hello ten times. Then you heard some inaudible uh, talk in the background between Joe and Jill. And then he hops on like, oh, we're here. We've been here the whole time. I mean, embarrassing. Then he goes on to uh, finish the call, and it was fine, I guess. He thanked a bunch of people that I personally wouldn't thank on Thanksgiving. There's no bigger cop guy than Sid Rosenberg. You know that. No one loves the cops more than me. Nobody. Or the veterans 
I'll be at the T2 Towers Gala coming up on Friday, or the first responders or firefighters, my next-door neighbor, Billy Felton, one of my best friends. He's a proud firefighter. But to me, when I think of Thanksgiving, I, I think of family, you know. But Biden has to pander, take every opportunity, because we know he has a party that hates those people. So given the opportunity on live television to act as if he cares, he took the opportunity. So this is Joe Biden, cut number six. How are you? We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> you're watching your parade. You're doing I'm, a good job. Oh, thank you. I love that you're watching you're like this. the good weather the parade, too. That's the best part. I will take credit for that. Yes, thank you very much. Awful. Here's uh, now Biden goes on to thank all these folks that, to be honest, he doesn't care about. But I guess it sounded good to a portion of the audience. Joe Biden, Diego, cut number seven. What do you want to say to everyone watching right now? We just want to say we're so grateful for uh, the people, for this opportunity, for the health that we have now in America. And uh, Joe, what do you want to say? Well, I want to say thanks to the firefighters, the police officers. First go with responders, that. Um, yeah. They never take a break. All right, go with that. And then finally, uh, mercifully, it comes to an end. Joe Biden cut number eight, Diego. And what are your plans for Thanksgiving after the parade? Well, we're just going to uh, have dinner with the family, probably take a walk on the beach, and uh, just right, uh, feel for, uh, for our family. Well, we've been coming up to Nantucket for, since we first got married, whole family, and... Uh, become a tradition and we're going to go stop at the fire department we're going to make sure that we uh, spend some time on the island thanking the first responders here there goes again. And we're going to go see the coast guard and the military nice first responders coast guard and military that's thanksgiving and i'm thankful for all those people believe me i'm thankful for all those people without them we've you've got complete anarchy we've got chaos we know that but if you don't get it that that's a complete pandering job by the president and uh, his doctor wife. Doctor of what? When they hung up, she goes, oh, we want to thank the president and Dr. Jill. Doctor what? Like Dr. Julius Irving? What was he a doctor of exactly? He was a doctor of slam dunking the basketball. What is Jill, Jill Biden a doctor of? Anyway, let's grab some of these calls. Barry is in Brooklyn, online one. Happy Thanksgiving. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Sid. Uh, don't forget about Doc Gooden. He what? was right up there with uh, very famous doctors also. Who's this? Doc Gooden. The oh, that's right. Another that. doctor. That's right. He was a doctor of strikeouts. Very good, Barry. Yes. Uh, Sid, I enjoy your show. You're one of the best on radio. But for the last, like, 20 years, I've had an issue with your acceptance of uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. I was a first responder on 9-11. Yeah. I also happened to be of the Jewish faith. Right. And I heard I heard that whole 9-11 rant. And every time we have an intersection of sports and anti-Semitism, such as in the Kyrie Irving thing, yeah. it's one of the first thing that... Well, let me just say this. Uh, look, 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 I know what you're talking about, and Phil Mushnick, the New York Post, has never let this go. He takes every opportunity to bash Mike Francesa. Even when there's not an opportunity there, he finds one. Because like you, Barry, he's upset. Uh, Mike and Chris, I don't think either one of those guys are anti-Semites. I know them for 20-plus years, work with them every single day for five-plus years. In fact, I'll go on record right now and saying they're not. What they said about Israel, 
doesn't necessarily mean you're an anti-Semite. They did say that the United States goes out of their way to appease Israel, and maybe that's why we were attacked on 9-11. That was stupid, very stupid. It was irresponsible. It was offensive to people like you and I. But I am not going to call Mike and Chris anti-Semites for those comments. Should they have gotten in more trouble? Probably. You know, but they, they ran the show. It was them and Imus. They were big stars. Imus, Mike and Chris, the Mets. So FAM was not going to do anything about it. Phil Mushner continues to bring it up, which must make you happy. So it was irresponsible. It was offensive. It was stupid. But I know both of those guys very, very well, and neither one of them is an anti-Semite. That I can promise you. Mike is in Queens County on line two. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Sid. Uh, I just went to the state that uh, I'm not happy in the direction that this country is going in. And a lot of other people in this last election that we had didn't show that. Um, I've always voted Democrat. This time I went uh, for mayor, I went Republican. And this time around, in the last election, I voted as a registered Democrat, and always been a registered Democrat, I voted Republican. Uh, and I think everybody else should have. Uh, well, they should have, but they didn't the do that. I mean, I'm glad you did that, Michael, and thank you for doing that. But we needed more of folks like you a few election days ago. We needed more of folks like you voting for Lee Zeldin instead of the Democrat Kathy Hochul. Same thing in the state of Michigan, Tudor, Michigan, instead of the Democrat Gretchen Whitmer. Same thing in the state of Arizona if it wasn't rigged, voting for Carrie Lake. And all the other positions that we could have won here in the United States that we didn't a couple of election days ago. A lot of us thought there'd be a lot more people like you, Mike, Democrats, independents, voting Republican. And don't forget, Republicans did get 5 million more votes, almost 6 million more, than Democrats on election day. See, people don't realize that. See, the red wave never happened. It happened here in New York. We did swip. A flip, I should say, four congressional seats. In fact, I saw one of those guys, Anthony D'Esposito, at a great dinner Daniel and I had with Peter King, his lovely wife, Rosemary, and Melissa Zim a few nights ago. Anthony won that seat. So did people like Mark Molinaro, George Santos, Mike Lawler. But around the country, there was no red wave. But, but the fact is there were five to six million more Republican votes than Democrats. So there are people like you, Mike, that are coming around to the right choice, but we're not there yet. Let's hope we get there in 2024, and whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, I don't care who it is, Tim Scott, Christy Nome, whoever you may like, we need a Republican back in the White House come 2024. That is absolutely mandatory for the health of our country. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Still to come, Anthony Scaramucci, 840, on this FTX scandal and this cryptocurrency, which is turning billionaires into hundredaires. <laughs> also, 905, we'll talk to Judge Napolitano. And on the way out, we'll talk to Curtis Sliwa as well. He'll be taking over for me at 10 o'clock, the great Curtis for Brian Kilmeade on this post-Thanksgiving Friday. Keep it right here at Sid Rosenberg on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Into the side of the world, like the world is here, and the world is here. 
will join us. I'll be here till 10 o'clock, and then Curtis Seawood filling in for Brian Kilmeade comes your way. Take some more of these calls. Peter is on Staten Island, and he's uh, on line 7. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Good morning, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I just want to send out to you uh, great wishes for the future and everything. You are phenomenal on the radio. I wear a Sid and Bernie shirt, which I think you saw me at the two funerals for Bernie. Oh, that's you. And I do know exactly who yes. you are. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for showing up. Uh, we we both appreciate that, me and wherever Bernie's looking down from right now. Thank you. Wonderful words you spoke. It was very touching and truthful and right from the heart. I know. I know I'm, I, I'm a Broadway stagehand from Local One. And when you worked with Imus, I was in the studios there. You guys were on the third floor, but I was mostly upstairs with uh, Saturday Night Live. And I used to come and hide down there, and I had a good relationship with Imus. I don't know if you remember me. It's a long time ago. But that was back to the days when I miss, miss, used to mistook the uh, phone booth for the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. No, I know those days very well, Peter. Th- thank you so much. Thank you for showing up when you did. Thank you for continuing to listen. But I do remember the days of I miss peeing in the phone booth very, very well. Let's go to uh, Kathy. She's on Long Island. She's on line six. Happy Thanksgiving, Kathy. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. I love you. I You make thank me you. laugh, and thank I need you. that in the morning. <laughs> thank you very much. Ah, you're great. I just wanted to, to just say that a lot of, of the Democrats do not know what Trump is about, really. So we need to tell him. We need to tell them. Whenever, like, I work in the supermarket, so everyone is complaining. Everyone. And the people who like Biden walk away. They don't want to. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to. They don't want to hear anything negative about him. And they still think he's doing a great job. And I, I always tell them, you're being lied to. Wait till you find out the truth. Wait. And they uh, listen, they, 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 but Kathy, uh, sweetheart, this is where I disagree with you. Uh, they know the truth. They don't care. They know the truth. If you go shopping today, you know inflation exists. We're not talking about four percent. We're talking 8%. If you're trying to buy a new house today, interest rates are through the roof. They know all of this. They are going through society, Kathy, just like we are Republicans. They know. They don't care. They will vote for their people if the country 
fell apart today. If we fell into a toilet, they couldn't care less. All they do all day long is find reasons, knowing better, find reasons to congratulate theirs while, while bemoaning the four years of Donald Trump. I mean, the idea, Kathy, that every Democrat is stupid and doesn't get it, I'm not buying that. They get it. My sister, Alana, is a really smart girl. Teacher, New Paul's, my brother-in-law, Harry, one of the smartest people I know. And yet, they, they say that Joe Biden is doing a great job. Do they really believe that? Maybe. Maybe they brainwash themselves. I don't know. I don't know. But they know better. He's retired, so he's done putting his kids through college like I'm doing now, buying houses like I did six months ago, shopping for a bunch of people like I do now, so it doesn't affect him as much, my brother-in-law, Harry. But these people live in the same society that we do. They experience the same difficulties that we do. But hating Donald Trump and us Republicans has become more important for these people than living in a country that thrives. That's the bottom line. They do know better. They don't care. Here's my friend, Chef Robert, Cafe du Soleil, on the Upper West Side. Good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning, buddy. How are you doing? How have you been? I've been good. How are you? You miss me walking down 104th Street with no shirt on, don't you? We miss you, yeah, with that, you know, we're looking for that image, you know, <laughs> You know what's funny? I'm actually going back there this afternoon after the show to get my, once in a while I got to get my body shaved, you know, I get my back shaved, my chest shaved because of the whole weightlifting thing, and I still go to the same barber, Robert, right across the street from you next to the McDonald's on 104th and Broadway, so you can catch me for about 15 minutes later on this morning. All right, I'm looking out. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You guys okay? Miss Bernie very much, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, you know. Of course I know. Of course. Now, listen, I miss him, too, when he loved you, uh, Robert. And we got a kick out of it, you know, now that we're getting ready for the United States to play England today in World Cup soccer. The last time we had the World Cup, France beat Croatia, and you work in a French restaurant, and you guys were going nuts in that place. Remember that? We still we're still going that they have all the crap over there. You know, everything is, you know, soccer right now. Everything is soccer. I know it's brutal. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, buddy. You know, I love you. See you. Same to you, bro. You know, same thing here, you know? I know. Well, uh, we'll see you down the road. Here's my friend Lenny Leader, who has been a fan of mine for a very long time, doing my shows down in Florida. In fact, he's calling live from sunny and beautiful Fort Lauderdale this morning. Good morning, Lenny. Good morning, Sid. I haven't had a chance to call you in a while, but you're really doing great on the show without Bernie. Thank you. Miss him a lot. But uh, anybody that don't get you is just uh, an idiot like the rest of those Democratic sheep. You know? <laughs> they get me. Listen, I, I say it all the time. The people that complain are the same people that actually dictate word for word what I say that morning. They claim they don't listen. Uh, I only listen because of Bernie. You got people saying things like, now I listen because of Lou. I mean, and I'm the guy who puts Lou on, by the way, and, and I allow Lou to help pick the songs along with me every morning. These are the types of people that are out there. They're just miserable, nasty people. They're on both sides, Democrats and Republicans. But you know, Lenny, Sid, I don't let the bastards get me down. Never have. Never will.
refreshing. It's it's real, real. Hey Sid, you, I was going to talk about the USA, but have you noticed uh, they had that story? You mentioned FDX before. That girlfriend that's been in the news of that billionaire, that owner. Is she what she looks like? <laughs> what which girl is this? Well, which owner are you talking about? That the FDX uh, billionaire. Oh, that, his that girlfriend. Guy. No, is she hot? I haven't seen it. What does she look like? She looks like a troll. Oh, my and God. And she's got these articles about her being in these uh, sex uh, oh boy, these sex cults. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, you see, I don't know much about it, Lenny. And as always, I love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for the call. That's why Anthony Scaramucci is coming up next because this is right up his alley. And I know it's become a huge, huge story. And some big names are being involved in these talks, if you will. So that's why Mooch is coming on. But I know very little about it. Virginia is in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, the home of my friend Phil Sims. She's hey. on line six. Good morning, Virginia. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Listen, I, I miss Bernie, but you are doing very well. Good Thank luck. You. Thank and you. Thank life you. goes on. Correct. You were speaking to a woman before. You you were right on. That's why I got on the phone. I listen to you every morning. Uh, no one cares. And, and you have a sister. I have a family. I can't open up my mouth. It's, it's, it's just disgusting. Why can't I express myself with a family that, that's so liberal? Uh, you can, but you run the risk at that point of getting yelled at and screamed at, and in certain cases, ostracized. I mean, I tried doing that, and uh, it never worked for me because here's what you already know, Virginia, because you're, you're clearly a very bright lady. Uh, and not the last lady wasn't. She was, too. But you never convince anybody differently. You know, you're not going to convince me, for example, that this administration are not a bunch of crooks, liars, corrupt dopes. You're just not going to convince me differently. You can talk to your blue in the face, and it's not going to matter. And at, the, at the same time, I realize that I can call my sister today and say, hey, Alana, the economy was doing great. We had uh, businesses coming back from other countries that left us a long time ago. Alana, you're married to Harry. Harry's parents were in the Holocaust. Nobody did more for Israel than Donald Trump. Nobody brought the embassy to Jerusalem, recognized the Golan Heights as a part of Israel. The deal that he made with the Arab Emirates, I mean, what he did for Israel was outrageous. Love Bibi Netanyahu. I can list a hundred things. No inflation, none of these issues. And it ain't going to matter because she's going to say, he was a liar, and he made this country look bad, and all he wanted to do was divide this country. In the meantime, in the meantime, who was BLM born under? Yeah. A black president, Barack Obama, not Donald Trump. So we can't win, Virginia. It's going to happen, but God bless you. You're doing a good job. I Thank miss you. Bernie. I miss how bright he was when you used to question, you know, the, with the questions. Well, I did that on purpose because I knew how smart he was, and that gave me the opportunity to showcase that, which I was all too willing to do. And, you know, nine times out of ten, he would give you an answer that was really smart. I mean, really smart. So uh, that was planned a lot of the time because I knew how smart he was, and I miss that too, by the way. And I wanted to showcase that. So I would uh, throw a nice little softball at him, and Bernie would hit it right out of the park. We'll take a, a short break when we get back. I just talked about it with Lenny Leader. It is a huge story today, this FTX folks getting jobbed out of millions, if not billions of dollars. My next guest knows all about it, Anthony Scaramucci. But your phone call is still to come. I'm here till 10 o'clock. Keep it right here with me, Sid Rosenberg, on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
On Wednesday, I spoke to him for a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, Curtis Lee was going to join me. He's actually filling in for Brian Kilmeade today. He's done like 16 of the last 20 hours. So he's got four more hours coming up after me from 10 to 2, and he's great. You know how much I love Curtis. He's a radio genius. He really is. Um, so I spoke to Adams on Wednesday, and he told me that, and Curtis will never tell you this, of course, because he just sued the mayor, this son of a bitch. I told him to leave my friend alone. He doesn't listen to me. So he didn't tell you, of course, but right before I spoke to the mayor, guess who else was on the phone with the mayor? Curtis! That's right! But we'll find out what he said to the mayor and what the mayor said to him. Because, you know, I'm putting together this dinner between the mayor and Rudy Giuliani to get some bipartisan opinions, get, get us together and draw this city closer instead of divide us even more. And I even invited Curtis to the dinner. He accepted it. And he's out there suing the mayor. So we'll find out from Curtis what the hell is going on. He'll be on after Judge Napolitano next hour. But my next guest has been a a friend of mine for many, many, many years. You know him, of course, when he worked for Donald Trump. Things got ugly there. That's fine. He uh, is one of the more successful guys in this country. He was on with John Katsimatidis last week. And he's on with me today, my friend Anthony Scaramucci. Mooch, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. How are you? Sid, happy Thanksgiving. And again, my condolences uh, on Bernie. I'm, I'm sorry about all that, but uh, it's great to thank be you. on with you. I hope you had a great holiday. We did, and thank you for that, uh, Bernie. And you had some uh, great moments, great moments, not so great moments, but no, uh, come on, like Trump, man, you know, you can disagree, <laughs> you can disagree with each other and still love each other. I think that's the point you're trying to bring up about the city. You know, we got to bring the city together and we got to, we got to find ways to solve the problems. We can't do it by fighting with each other. We got to unite. A hundred percent true. And that's why even though I was, you know, listen, when I'm critical of somebody, Anthony, you know, it's rough. I'm very tough on those people. And I was that way with Eric Adams for the longest time. But uh, we ended up seeing each other at the Columbus Day Parade. And we had been friendly when he was the Brooklyn Borough president. And uh, we saw each other that day and we decided, let's go for dinner. And uh, sure enough, Mayor Adams met me and Danielle at Michael's Restaurant in Brooklyn about two weeks ago. We had a great dinner. I brought out all the issues that I think need to be fixed in this city. He didn't disagree with most of it. He explained to me why it wasn't getting done, why it may never get done. And we had a bunch of laughs, and it was very nice. And now I'm setting up a dinner with Rudy Giuliani because why not put the greatest mayor in this city's history with the current mayor right now? To your point, Anthony, you will get more done if you talk rather than snipe. 
Well, I mean, never get done. You know, listen, I'm an entrepreneur, so we go from zero to one. So we take things that are supposedly impossible and we make them possible. So, I, I, you know, we can't say never get done. I mean, the city was clean. It was operating efficiently. Uh, people felt safe in the city. The subways felt safe. Uh, you know, de Blasio obviously ruined the city. And I know that it's clean up on aisle seven now for Mayor Eric Adams, but we, we got to pull together and, and return the city back to where it was when Rudy and uh, Mike Bloomberg were running the city. It's just that simple. You can't, you can't have the city like this. It's not, it's not fair to the law-abiding citizens that the cities run like this. I often ask my friends who own restaurants in this city, guys like Chaz Palmin, Terry, my friend Jack, who owns Empire Steakhouse, my guy Danny down there in, on Gold Street at Harry's Italian, how their businesses are doing because folks are afraid to come back into the city. You've got a great restaurant in the theater district. How are things at the uh, the Hunt and Fish Club these days? You know, think, things are fine at the Hunt and Fish Club. Thank God we're having a we're having a good year, but it's because we're doing a lot of self policing. We're doing a lot of cleanup in the area. You know, we 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 have to do that alongside of our fellow restaurant owners. But again, uh, you take the city back to 2012 and 13. Look at the budget. Budget's up 40 or 50 percent from those days. And the quality of life in the city has gotten worse for the law-abiding citizens. For the people that are breaking the laws, I guess the city has gotten better. You know, you can't walk into a CVS or a uh, Walgreens or you pick the pharmacy without having to get assistance now. Everything's locked behind plastic Annoying. And, and guarded. And, and it and takes so, forever. Sometimes they don't show up in that aisle for 20 minutes, and, Anthony. And, and, and you you know, Bill Bratton, as well as I do, you know, there, there's three to 5,000 people that are causing this problem for seven and a half to eight million people. So uh, it's a solvable problem. We can't say that it's not solvable because we've got these woke politicians that think that they're virtue signaling by not arresting people that are breaking the law. I mean, we gotta, we gotta, gotta put those people away or get them out of the city so that the law-abiding citizens can have a better quality of life. It's really, it's really a basic thing, and so you don't want the city to slouch into the disaster of some of these other great cities that have lost their way uh, throughout the United States. You know, I've got I'm a sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm expressing no, no, my you're frustration right. You're right. over Thanksgiving, but I do own a restaurant and we're very worried about yep. it. And uh, I've got a lot of friends of mine. They, they won't allow their, I've got a 27 year old daughter. She doesn't ride the subway anymore. Doesn't feel safe on the subway. Yep. You know, she yep. can't walk alone in the city after 7 PM. It's not right. You know, that, that's not the city that we grew up in, Sid. It's not the city that Rudy or Mike left to the uh, to the Blasio. That's not the city. No, I agree. Listen, my daughter's in college now in Wales. Ava, you know Ava very well, Anthony. And I'm thrilled to death she's not here in the city anymore. She would go visit her friends last year as a senior in high school. I'd be scared to death. Now she's in Europe, and I feel much better. You know, I've got a buddy who owns a restaurant like you. He's up in um, on Arthur Avenue and in Tony's. And he's always complaining to me. He said, Sid, do you realize the amount of money we give to Ukraine? Maybe you're okay with that. Maybe you're not. I don't care. But he said, do you realize the amount of money we give to places like Ukraine? And yet, when the restaurants ask for money from this federal government, we can't get a penny. Are you experiencing some of that frustration? Well, I, th I think, you know, the, the, the program, I think, was helping minorities. I think if you're a white male, you're not getting money from that program. So... You know, we can debate that whether or not that's efficacious or not. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't think we need to debate that, Sid. I mean, there's right or wrong things. I, I think that the American public, the New York City resident, I think we're getting 
really tired of right or left solutions or doctrinaire solutions. I mean, it should be more about right or wrong as opposed to left or right. And I think people are really getting tired of this stuff. So, so what works um, is good, solid policing. What works is uh, we have to end the bail reform. I mean, the reason why I, I think this thing is, is going the way it is is just bad policies. Reverse the policies, allow the police officers to do their jobs, and the quality of life and the feeling of safety. Uh, isn't that the number one priority of the government is to make the citizens feel safe? Uh, the feeling of safety has to return, you know, and it's doable. You know, Ru- Rudy did it in 93. Uh, and, we, and we kept it going to 2013. We had we had 20 years of exemplary executive management in that city, and the quality of life of all of its citizens were dramatically affected positively as a result of those two mayors. And so, you know, listen, I, I like Eric. I think he's a great guy. I wish him well. I want him. To, I want him to do the job. But we can't have people say, well, you know, it may not happen or it's not possible. I mean, that's not, you can't say that. It's got to be possible. What he was saying, well, no, but it's not always possible because, to be honest, Anthony, it, it's not that easy. He's got to go to Albany and work with a bunch of legislators that on, you know, they, they just dove in, whether it's bail reform or they're talking about Heasty, Stewart Cousins, even the governor, Kathy Hochul. He believes like you and I believe, and those people don't seem to care and they will not budge. So it's easy to say it's possible, but he's got a very difficult job to convince no, she those got people scared. to change. She got scared. She she got scared. They're gonna they're gonna budge because if they if they keep it up, you know, the public is just gonna revolt. And event. I mean, that was a very close election for a registration from Democrats seven to three Republicans. I mean, that was a very close election. I mean, yeah. this is a left leaning state. It's a blue state. Um, you know, Pataki got in because of the same havoc that was going on in the mid '90s. You know, I I I think another another strong Republican, uh, if they keep this up and we see this steady decline and we see this continued population evacuation, uh, the, the the people of the uh, the city and the state will give a you know somebody that wants to be law abiding and enforce the law and keep people safe a chance and. In the executive mansion, I think so. I mean, if Governor Hockle doesn't want to do it, I mean that's fine. But I think she got a, I think she got a warning message from the last election. Hopefully, she'll she'll figure out a way. I mean, listen, she's got people on MSNBC telling her they don't feel safe. You know, she looked shocked when she was being interviewed. Okay, look, people don't feel safe. I mean, that's the that's the uh, the complaint box. That's what people are putting in the suggestion box. Fixed city, fight the crime, clean up the streets. Make people feel safe. First time I uh, saw you, I never knew you before. You know, you've been a big star in New York City for a long time, a financial star at the very least, before you became a Trump star, a Big Brother star, all those things. Was I was on an airplane going back to Florida to see Danielle and the kids, and I was watching Neil Cavuto, who I don't like, by the way, but you were on. And, uh, <laughs> and you were talking about giving money to a candidate. I believe it was Scott Walker out of the great state of Wisconsin during that great Trump election back in 2016. I believe it was Scott Walker. And then, of course, when Walker was eliminated and the rest were as well, you became a, uh, a Donald Trump guy. Now, we know what happened since then. I don't care. But my point is, when I first got to know you, Anthony, you were a pretty staunch Republican and gave your money to Republican candidates. Then you went the other way after the whole Trump fight. Where are you right now? 
Oh, no. I mean, I, I give to candidates that I think make sense. You know, I helped Eric. You know, I, I, I think Eric had a good message. And I, I, Mayor Adams, I want to see him do well. I give, try to give the candidates that make sense. Um, you know, I think Trump was a fiasco, and I think he's the wrong messenger for that movement. I'm a lifelong Republican. Uh, I'm probably not a Republican when it comes to things like uh, women's right to choose and gay marriage and things like that. Me I'm too. very open to that. I'm Me very too. socially inclusive. I don't think people should make those decisions. I mean, these conservatives are hypocrites that they tell you they want a smaller government everywhere, but you're in my bedroom, Sid. So we want a smaller government, but in your bedroom, we're going to tell you what to do. I think it's a, I think it's obnoxious and I think it's hypocritical. So, so to me, lifelong Republican, um, you know, I will return, I think, in presidential politics in 2024 to the Republican Party if it's the right candidate. If, they, if they're going to put Donald Trump up again, um, he's a threat to democracy, and so I'll speak out against it. You know, uh, my message to my fellow Republicans, let's find somebody in the Republican Party, okay, that's a, just a better messenger. And also, you know, guys, we gave these baby boomers a chance or these pre-baby boomers a chance. They're in their 80s heading for their 90s, okay? Why don't we get younger, newer people an opportunity? What about Ron DeSantis? Would you give Ron DeSantis I, I, I like Ron. I just don't want Ron to fly people around for political purposes, okay? I think they're human beings, okay? And I don't think we need to put human beings in political stunt, culture war, Situations. I think we need to be a more humane country than that. Uh, you can still be tough and you can still be strong, but you don't have to do callous things to other human beings. Okay, so I do like Ron. I think he's, I think he's done a very good job in Florida. If he gets the nomination, I will support him. Uh, but I don't like that sort of stuff. Okay, it's bullying-like behavior. And it's not necessary. Well, you do, but, but, but you do realize, of you course, know. that well before DeSantis put anybody on a flight. By the way, uh, Anthony, they went to Martha's Vineyard. Calm down. They didn't go to the Watt section of Los Angeles. But you do realize well you're, before that that Joe, well, hold on, that Joe Biden was flying people into Stewart Airport, MacArthur Airport, all these airports. That was inhumane, so, leaving them so, alone in upstate New York. So, 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 Sid, we're better than that. Then two wrongs don't make a Good right. Answer. And Good we're, answer. We're, we're better than that. Okay. Good. And I, I hear that he, they went to Martha's Vineyard, but. A lot of them didn't know where they were going. And by the way, I'm from a family of immigrants. I don't know about your family, but most Americans are from family of immigrants. That could have been my grandmother or my grandfather on a plane like that. Sure. Okay, they came here completely penniless. They had to rely on the Italian-American community that was already here to help them get started and build a base for themselves. And we're more humane than that. We're a better country than that. And we need leaders that think compassionately about other people. I get that, you know, what Joe Biden did, I would call that out, and I think it's very, very wrong. We don't have to do that. Okay, We can lead with a better example, a more aspirational example, and, and okay. we need more transformative, post-partisan politicians. I have, I, I have no issue with that, what you just said. I really don't, uh, as long as you point out the fact that he was just following suit. But I have no issue with what you just said. Now, we He's gotta... better than that. He's okay, better good. than that. Okay? I, I, and he's I like smarter that. than that. I like he's that. smarter than that. Good. i got to get to this, though, how a scoop by a little-known crypto site led to the fall of Sam Bankman-Fried, or Fried, an implosion of FTX. Tell me about this FTX. Why were so many people duped? I mean, people lost billions and millions and all kinds of crazy money. What the hell happened? 
Well, it's a long, complicated story. I don't think we have the entire story. You know, it's a very long, complicated one. Um, it, it, you know, I think he took money. I mean, again, this is the allegation, so I don't know this definitively, but I think he, in a panic, I think he moved money from his customer accounts into his personal account to save himself a margin call. And as the uh, the stuff got deeper and worse, it became impossible to hide what he did. And so, ultimately, he's going to have to answer for this. I don't. You know, I don't understand why he's getting this sort of treatment from the American media where they're they're fawning over him for for, for this full disclosure. You know, I, I liked him. I had a relationship with him. Uh, he was the chief sponsor of the SALT conference. You know about the SALT conference. I've been doing it for 10 or 12 years. Um, I entered into a relationship with him in August where I sold him 30 percent of the company. Thank God I didn't sell him more than that. Uh, you know, he gave me cash. He asked me to put 10 million of the cash into those FTT tokens. In the spirit of that partnership, I I decided to do that. Those tokens went to zero. Um, I'm a big boy and I had to take losses, um, but I don't like if if he has perpetrated a fraud. Okay, then he has to be jailed for that. Okay, we're we're talking about people that are robbing from pharmacies. Okay, you can't perpetrate a fraud like that. Look at what happened to the Theranos woman. Yep. You know, he'd have to go to jail for that. He has to, he, yeah, he has to answer for that. Now, you know, it's very upsetting what happened. Unfortunately, as I said to John Casamitidis, this happens in innovative technological advancements. You get a lot of charlatans. It happened in the railroads. It happened in the steel industry. It's happened in crypto, you know. 30 seconds so, to go, Anthony. Should yeah. cryptocurrency just die altogether? Not going to die, Sid. It's already out. the beast is already out of the cage. You know, the question is, will these use cases proliferate? I think that they will. And uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a long-term bull, and I'm sitting in my positions, unlevered though. Stay unlevered, and don't invest more than you can afford to lose. That is great uh, advice, right there, Anthony Scaramucci. It is great to catch up with you. I hope you, Deirdre, the whole family, doing well. You, Thank you, Anthony. You Happy will. Thanksgiving. My, my you Daniel. Thank you, you, buddy. Thank you. There he is, everybody. Anthony Scaramucci, right here with me, Sid Rosenberg. We'll come back. Judge Napolitano and Curtis Lee will both coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. Great Brian Adams out of Canada, one night love affair, starting the fourth and final hour of this Sid Rosenberg show on a Friday. First time I've worked the day after Thanksgiving in 15 years, which 
I've never been more popular in my career, hosting a number one show in New York City for quite some time, and I'm here today. And none of my crew is here, none of them. Not one guy on my crew is here today. And now Kevin Droch is uh, running the board. He's a good kid. He works with uh, Cindy Adams and uh, Joan Hamburg. He do all the weekend stuff. Some kid Diego's been here. Some guy Ryan's been here. Some girl Camilla was supposed to show up. She never showed up. I mean, it's a disaster. But I'm happy I'm here, and the uh, the listeners have been very, very kind to me. And they're happy I'm here, the few that are up and about this morning. Most people are home, getting ready for some college football. America versus England in World Cup soccer, which I um, convince myself every four years to care about. I, I mean, I hate soccer. It's a dreadful sport. Boring as the day is long. But you know, I, I take some patriotic, I guess, um, liberties and, and uh, get out there and scream for America and we're going to get killed today anyway. Do you follow this nonsense? Not at all. Yeah. What do you like uh, besides eating, obviously? Uh, eating, yeah, number one. Uh, and then uh, I enjoy music, uh, you know, yeah. uh, friends, family, you know, yeah. America. All right. You seem like a real like a real American. I mean, you're, first of all, you're one of my favorite people here. Oh, I appreciate no, that. No, you're just a good, solid guy. And you sent me a very nice Thanksgiving Day text yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I hate to break it to you. That went out to everybody, you know. You're not that special. Yeah, I noticed it wasn't, didn't say Sid. It was just very generic. It said, so. happy birthday, individual. Yeah. No, you're a jerk off. I never did like you, to be honest. You're fat. <laughs> and you got a horrible Ron Jeremy 70s porn style mustache. What is that? I think it looks nice. No, it looks, you have a nice looking face, so you don't look bad, but it looks awful. I think I look like Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury weighed about 80 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> you're like, John, what are you talking about? And your girlfriend likes it, though, right? Oh, she loves it. Yeah. Top Gun style. <laughs> Top Gun. Yeah, you look just like him. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just see me play volleyball on the beach. Oh, that's got to be hot. That has to be hot, hot, hot. We'll save it for July. I can't wait. My next guest has been uh, coming back to this program almost weekly now, which makes me very happy because he's really great. Great on the air, really bright man. One of the great judges we've got here in the tri-state area for a long time, and that is my friend Judge Napolitano. Judge Napolitano, happy Thanksgiving. Welcome back. Nice to have you. Oh, Sid, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm glad you're working today. If you need an extra member of your staff, I'm available. <laughs> next time I'll call you in. Trust me, I'd love to have you sitting next to me for a full day. That would be a heck of a lot of fun. So I'll, be a thrill. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. Uh, give me this. I just had a conversation with Anthony Scaramucci moments ago, and even though Anthony's had this unbelievable career and he's made a ton of money, we all know that, great businessman. He may be most well-known for serving 11 days, not months, not years, 11 days under Donald Trump, and then basically going back on the Republican Party. Well, he's back now, by the way. Uh, so he's uh, not exactly a big fan of Donald Trump and said to me moments ago, the only way he wouldn't endorse and even give money to a candidate in the Republican Party is if it was Donald Trump. What's your latest on uh, Donald Trump? Well, I think that uh, his his chosen candidates did not fare well uh, in the midterm. Uh, and some of that was because of his personal involvement in the campaign. I think his attractiveness beyond his base has ceased I don't know if it's because of the criminal allegations against him or if because people are just tired of him or because he's not new anymore or because he doesn't seem to represent the challenge to the establishment that he did when he defeated. Well, let me stop you for one second, though, because let me stop you for a second, because while I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, 
this was asked of Dick Morris. I know you know who Dick Morris is. He's very close to Trump, so you can't trust him. He has no credibility. But on a serious <laughs> note. I love Dick. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, he yells and screams all the time that, wait a second. For people like Napolitano, who just said Trump didn't fare well, my, his guys went 9-6. and six. That's a 600 winning percentage. That's pretty good. And that was the record, 9-6. and six. What's so bad about that? Well, I'm looking at big picture, and big picture is that he seems to have turned off a lot of uh, Republicans who are fearful that if he's the head of the ticket, I'm talking about people like Chris Christie now, who got a standing ovation at the uh, Republican governor's conference when he said basically what I'm now about to say, if Donald Trump is the head of the ticket in 2024, uh, you can kiss the White House and you can kiss the Congress uh, goodbye. And many of those things are because people are tired of Trump. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't change, and that doesn't mean that the attitude of the voters won't uh, change. Um, I heard your interview with Anthony Scaramucci, and, you know, Anthony's a longtime friend of mine. I have a lot of respect for him. I wish he lasted longer than 11 days working for Trump. I mean, that's almost a, a joke. Um, but he he makes a point. Uh, look at my former boss, uh, Rupert Murdoch. I mean, one of the reasons that I'm probably not at Fox any longer is because of my criticisms of Trump. Now, Fox management, Wall Street Journal ownership, New York Post ownership said basically, if Trump's the nominee in 2024 and Biden is the nominee, we'll stay neutral. If it's a Democrat other than Biden, we will back the Democrat. That is a profound and radical change. Uh, because I think that Rupert Murdoch has his finger on the pulse of the public, which is enough is enough. I guess. I mean, uh, on one hand, he may have his finger on the pulse of the public. But I have to tell you, and maybe I'm just one of those uh, too far right people at this point, which is hard to believe because I'm a pro-choice, pro-gay marriage, Brooklyn Jewish kid. But I can do without all these liberals I see almost all the time now on Fox News. So I think he may be going uh, a little too far the other way. I could do without Harold Ford Jr. and Donna Brazil and Eric Swalwell was on all the time with Martha McCollum. So he may have his, he may have his finger on the pulse, Judge, but he, he also may be drifting a little too far to the left. Well... You know, I guess he wants to uh, go back to the old mantra of Fox, which was fair and balanced. And you'll never get me to say anything negative about Fox. I had 24 fabulous years there. Sid, they put me in front of a camera 14,500 times, which, according to Bill Shine, is a record in television. (laughs) And every major legal issue, uh, I was there to explain it, from the impeachment of Bill Clinton to the first impeachment uh, of Donald Trump. So I, but, but I can't account for Fox management and its choice of people on air. But I can say that I think I understand uh, where Rupert Murdoch is going. Now, the difference between Murdoch and you and me is Murdoch called Trump up and said, forget right. it, I'm not supporting you. Right. And they had this long, rather acerbic conversation because Murdoch's in a position in, on the planet where he, somebody, he, whoever he calls, takes the call, former president uh, or not. On the other hand, um, Trump left a tremendous legacy in the judiciary. Trump's greatest gift uh, to America, in my view, was not his personality and not his tax cuts and not his pulling back from foreign wars. 
but the type of people that he left in the judiciary, both uh, trial well as what trial level and appellate level, as well as the Supreme Court of the United States. One of the reasons that the court finally recognizes the right to keep and bear arms and bear arms uh, is because of the personal selections on the Supreme Court and the lower courts of Donald Trump. Talking about the right to bear arms, I know that there was, I don't know this actually, I think this was the case, you'll know this because you're a genius when it comes to all this stuff, and that (laughs) is that I believe a judge has blocked the New York limits on carrying guns on private property. Tell us about that, Judge. Well, uh, the governor of New York, who shouldn't be the governor of New York, but she is, Andrew Cuomo made a mistake when he chose her as a as a lieutenant governor, and, and Lee Zeldin should have beaten her. And he might have if a few things had gone differently in the campaign. She is a fierce opponent of the right to keep and bear arms, even though she took an oath to uphold the Constitution, which includes the Second Amendment. And she and the liberal Democrats in the New York State legislature uh, have engineered legislation which makes it just as difficult to carry arms in New York as it was before the Supreme Court ruling uh, last June that struck down the old New York law. Stated differently, the new New York law is just as difficult uh, to comply with as the old New York law, which the court struck down. A judge that Trump appointed who sits in Buffalo, hometown of the uh, governor, whose last name, you ready for this, is Sinatra. Is that yes. right? Yes, Sinatra. He is is the third federal judge in New York to invalidate this New York State carry law, which makes it nearly impossible uh, to carry. The part that he invalidated says you can't carry on private property unless he ready for this. The owner puts a sign on his property saying, come on, guns are welcome here. So he invalidated that because what is the value of carrying a, a gun in public if you can't take it into a bar or a restaurant or at a political gathering or a church where these where these killings occur? and where a, a person trained and legally armed could uh, could stop them. So he invalidated the thou shalt not bring guns onto private property unless there's a, a sign inviting you. <laughs> he invalidated that last night. I think that an appellate court will probably stop the invalidation yeah. until they can rule yeah. on it. Yeah. Ultimately, the Yorkers will get the right to carry uh, guns, but it will only be after uh, three levels of courts smack down uh, Governor Hochul and the New York State Legislature, which simply uh, is determined to defy the Supreme Court. But as history shows, they'll lose. You know, Judge, I want to go back before we say goodbye on this uh post-Thanksgiving Friday, to something you, you talked about earlier. That is, while you were at Fox News, and it was all deserved because you're great on television, you were there for the impeachment of Bill Clinton, the impeachment of Donald Trump. It seems now that the Republicans, Kevin McCarthy especially, are dead set on returning the favor. We know that those impeachments of Donald Trump were ridiculous, based on nothing but they didn't like him. That was it. Uh, now, whether it's Joe Biden, Mayorkas, we hear the word impeachment almost every day. And with the Republicans about to take over the House in less than 40 days, that may all be a reality. So I asked guys like Peter King and Norm Coleman last week, who are Republicans, are you okay with that word? And they said, listen, we do believe what Trump went through, what Trump went through was unfair, but no, we are not for impeachment. How do you feel? I, I agree entirely with my uh, Notre Dame buddy, uh, Congressman Peter King. And I also think that there will be a reaction uh, on the part of the uh, voters. The reaction 
to all three of those impeachments, Clinton's, Trump's first, and Trump's second, uh, was negative for the Democrats. This one, I think, will explode in the Republicans' face. I, I think re- Republicans need to show that they know how to govern, and that does not mean vengeance. Because there are so many more important things that Kevin McCarthy and the leadership in the Republican Party, and it's a very narrow margin that they have. Look, right now, there are only four more Republicans than Democrats in the House, and there are five Republicans who have said they're not going to vote for McCarthy for Speaker. So I don't know how this is going to end up, Sid, but the talk of impeachment is not going to help. It's going to explode in the Republicans' face. They need to govern and forget about the tit-for-tat. It's funny because we just had this discussion with Anthony about being better than when when he said he didn't like the fact that Ron DeSantis was flying immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. I said, well, don't forget, Anthony, that well before he did that, right, you had Joe Biden flying in immigrants to Stewart Airport, MacArthur Airport. And even before Eric Adams, the mayor, complained about people on a bus, right, you had Joe Biden flying these people into New York. And he said, we are better than that. We're supposed to be better than that. I agree with the fact that we need to be better. I also agree with this criticism of Ron DeSantis. I know Governor DeSantis, and I like him, uh, but I think that that uh, shipping the uh, the immigrants as if they were cattle from uh, Texas. I don't know how the governor of Florida can get somebody to fly out of Texas, but they, they bribed them with McDonald's coupons. I thought that was reprehensible. But it's history. It's over with. We all have more important things to do right now. And that is go shopping. That's what's important today. It's Black yeah, Friday. There you go. Or, if you're Sid Rosenberg, work your butt off on the day after Thanksgiving for the first time in 15 yeah, years. Yeah, it's been a long time. But I'll tell you what, having the opportunity to speak to people like you makes it all worth it. So I'm glad you had a nice holiday. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Make this the start, Judge, of a beautiful holiday season right through Hanukkah and Christmas and the New Year's. And you and I will talk again next week and uh, hopefully every week for a long time. Thank you so much. Right back at you. God bless you, Sid. You too. That's the great Judge Napolitano. Man, it's great to have him back. He is one smart guy, sweet guy, too. He's got a heart of gold. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I will take your phone calls, plus Curtis Sliwa, my man. He's coming up next. He was on (laughs) six hours before me, and he'll be on for Brian Kilmeade and Greg Kelly the four hours after me. The icon, the legend. Making not a lot of friends these days. Curtis Sliwa and your phone call is coming up next. This is by Casey Kasem, long-distance dedication to Curtis Sliwa. He plays this in his truck when he's about to go into Kerry Gardens and tackle a bunch of bad guys. We'll talk to the great Curtis Sliwa coming up momentarily. I do love this song, circa 1979, but two quick calls. Here is uh, Mary in Manhattan, line one. Happy Thanksgiving, Mary. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm so happy that you took my call. Um, Sid, I just wanted to take a moment to say you have made my day. 
by being here today with us, your public, when so many other people and yourself had so many better choices, I'm sure. And um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm so grateful you changed my weekend because this is a type of day that when you're alone, taking care of old family all the time, running back and forth, back and forth. Hmm. You know, it's. I was going to take the day off. I have another emergency with my mother. But just, that's okay. Spending the first two hours with you this morning was so enlightening. I felt my heart was just back up, raised beautifully. So I wanted to thank you so much. That was so sweet of you to do that. Oh, my God. I'm so happy I came in now today. Mary, I love you. And uh, you just made these last four hours worth it. So thank you for that. And have a wonderful holiday season. Good luck with your mom. Really, thank you very much. One more, Chris, uh, one more quick call. I believe this is my friend Chris McGlynn in Bethpage online, too. Good morning, Chris. You got that right, pal. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you, you and I'm glad you came in. Um, Sid, listen, I loved your last two guests. They were great. Thank you. I am just like them. Now, here's the deal. I was a big Trump supporter, voted for him, backed him, got in many arguments, family fights over the guy. So, and my wife is the same way. You met my lovely wife at your book signing. Yes. Um, anyhow. And she is lovely. Here's the, thank you. Here's the key. We, uh, we really, really have to move on and move to DeSantis because everyone I know, everyone that voted for Trump and backed Trump, we're, we don't it's, – it's just – it brings too much. And he's not going to win. He'll never win another national election. It's just impossible. Both days are gone. DeSantis won by 20 points in Florida. Now, here's the key. Everybody who votes for Trump and likes Trump will vote for DeSantis over a Democrat. But not everybody who likes DeSantis DeSantis votes for Trump. Trump. Right. That's what uh, Grant Stinfield made that point on this show. No, Chris, and thank you for the phone call. And happy holidays to you and your lovely wife. I think you're right. But it's, it's interesting because Chris started the phone call by saying, I really loved your last two guests. And I've got one of the most iconic, legendary, greatest radio host in history, in fact, in my opinion, only second to me at this station, sitting right in front of me, and he completely disagrees. Well, the analytics prove what you said, even though I'm far behind you. <laughs> you know, like in a horse race. You know, I, you know I'm only breaking your balls, obviously. Uh, no, I, I think you're the greatest. No, I no. Really do. My exes did that a long time ago. <laughs> it's a little cocktail onions there. So you can't take uh, credit for that, uh, Sid Rosenberg. But this is a race. Uh, every host and host is pitted up. You're the lead guy in the relay race here at WABC, and you run so far in front. They're like in a horse race. The horses can see each tuchus of a horse in front of them. Sure. It's like secretariat. Right. We can't even see your tuchus. I'm gone. Uh, You've lapped us a few times. But you see, that's what happens. You're so far ahead, you're going to get a little lackadaisical. You're going to ease up. And you know me. I'm like a ninja. I sneak up. Look at all the hours that I've been doing over the last four, what will be four days by the time Monday. Well, somebody said to me, they go, why does Curtis work so much? And above and beyond the obvious, which is he, he has a real passion for this, it's very simple. He needs the money. You've got to pay like five different women. You've got to give him a check every week. That's right, the <laughs> child support. But also, you know it's the accumulation of hours and the time you're on that gives me an opportunity to catch you. That's how I pass that Mama Luke Frank Morano. Remember he used to say, I'm number one in the Notice he doesn't say that anymore. 
I left him in my dust. No, you did. Like, well, same way. I still love Frank, by the way. But same way O'Reilly, 12 to 12, 15. He's got this guy on Slater. This this guy who could, couldn't even show a graduation certificate from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> I passed him by 12 yeah. to 12, yes. 15. Yes. But when I look at you, you're so far ahead. Yeah, it's not happening. That every yeah. extra hour I sure. do, I get a little yeah. closer. And yeah. this weekend... I think I'm doing 42 hours. Well, listen, thank God for that because you're so great. And when you're on, the station does really well. Uh, you're never going to catch me. You can live five lifetimes. You're never going to catch me. That's okay. We need you to have this type of drive because we need you on. You know, we need you, you, you on know what all they the say, time. never go to sleep on Curtis. <laughs> never go to sleep. And by the way, that last call of Chris, yeah. uh, he sucks just like your two previous well, well, guests. Well, what was the issue with my last two previous guests? Well, great guys. The, who was the original Never Trumper? Who was the original rhino? Lindsey Graham. Curtis Sliwa. Right? Oh, you, but you still are. That's right. But now I see everybody jumping ship like your friend, Congressman Peter King. They're swimming to my SS Never Trumper, right? Uh, I'm the Bo rhino. Deedle. Bo Deedle is one of those guys. Now, now. Yeah. Okay, before. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, you lip-locking yeah. with Trump. <laughs> what fair-weather friends? They're swimming away, and they can't come on my tugboat. The SS uh, Never Trumper, because There's it'll no capsize. Room? It'll yeah. capsize, and I'm not throwing them like But, but then you should like Anthony Scaramucci. He's a Never Trumper oh now. Oh, my God. What, what? He's a Never Trumper. You know who Scaramucci reminds me of? And you know this, because oh, yeah. you grew up in the same neighborhoods. A guy in Bensonhurst who could have been in the uh, film Boiler Room, you know, with Diesel <laughs> and Ed Norton. It's a great movie. Doing the pump and dumps yeah. on the penny stocks yeah. in a Boiler Room operation. I mean, come on. And you know what? It makes sense. The three worst spokespersons for the president of the United States, you know, they all came from Long Island. You know who they are? Um, I'm going to guess one of those is Anthony Scaramucci. Correct. All right. Uh, he was a communications director, though, not the, not, not, not the White House press secretary. Yeah, but okay, same fine, thing. fine. Okay. Uh, give me another hint for the second one. Give me a hint. The guy, if he has another facelift, his face is going to snap like an old rubber band. Oh, uh, uh, oh yes. Uh, uh, Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer. Oh, my God. By the way, God. he's a good friend of mine. You should not do that. He might be a good friend. He, he grew he's, up in the same same town in Long Island as Scaramucci, and now this one, this uh, but, piece but of work. But Spicer's a nice guy. He does a show with Lindsey Keith on Newsmax. They do a very please, good job. Please, please. All right, who's the third guy? Give me a hint. Not a guy. Go it's on. a gal. Oh. The, the one now, right? Pierre, whatever oh, her name Karine is. Oh, Kareem Jean-Pierre. Yeah, she's from Hempstead. Is you that got, right? Yeah, all three of them yeah. are horrors. <laughs> I mean, stop. come on. And it's You're going to put Anthony Scaramucci in the same class as, as Kareem Jean-Pierre? He, he, he lasted how many days? 12 days? Why? Because it was an issue. Yeah, he's waiting Shut up. He's, he's at night. He's in a drunken rage. He's screaming at reporters. Come on. This guy who owns the Bergen Hunt Fish and Shoot Human Beings restaurant in Midtown Manhattan. I like that restaurant. I've gone there many, many times. Why would you want to name your restaurant after the headquarters for John Gotti Senior? Oh, hold on a second. On 101st in South Ozone Park. I understand it was called the Hunt and Fish Club in Ozone Park. John Gotti's little social club where he did his business. John Gotti's son. Had somebody put six bullets into your stomach, and now because the restaurant have similar names, now you hate Anthony Scarmucci. It makes all the sense. I want to know if Anthony Scarmucci was hanging out at Aldo's with Eric Ulrich there, <laughs> borrowing money from the Gambinos and the Bananas. He doesn't need to bananas. borrow any money. Anthony does not oh, need to borrow right. any money. That's right. He's got plenty he of money. He took fifty million dollars. He didn't take anything. He, 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 from he did Sam Bankman Fried. Never trust anybody with three names. The FTX kid. You notice? You look at him. You say he looks like he fell out of a bunk bed in summer camp. He's in a drug-induced psychosis. They're having poly. 
amorous relationships in the Bahamas there. And Scarmucci hosted a conference that they did. He promoted. Every year. It's his conference. It's called the Salt That's Conference. Right, but it's he, his. He was promoting Bitcoin bandits. Cryptocurrency well, Ponzi scammers. He's done well with the thing. Why not? Blockchain criminals. <laughs> it's all a Ponzi scheme. What's wrong with you, Sid? Oh, I don't get involved in these things. I don't make that type of money. To me, it's you're talking Greek when you talk. You about should that. throw the money back. Why? Remember when Manny Ramirez would hit a home run in right. Yankee Stadium? <laughs> yeah, I remember. remember. Dominican from Washington Heights went to George Washington High School. In fact, I thrown out of baseball for shooting up too much estrogen instead of testosterone. Boy, not a not a <laughs> not true. a genius, not that a mensa. That guy. is true. All right, so now we understand why you don't like Scaramucci. It oh, takes back to John Gotti. What is your issue with one of the great judges in the history of legal mind like that? What is your you issue know, there? You know, you started so well. You played that great tune by Brian Adams. Uh, one if, night love affair. You know where he? You've had many of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know where he wrote that song. Your apartment. He's No, no. He's oh. from Canada. I know that, yeah. Stanley Park in Vancouver, the most beautiful city in North America. Is that is that what you believe? Yes. Oh, I know. I have guardian angels here. I walked through Stanley Park, and they were telling me, you know who created the Unification Church based on walking through? You can't make this up. Stanley Park, Sun Young Moon. Right, the Sun Young Moon, that's right. That was so, the Unification Church. That's right. Those are the people at the airport with bald heads and flowers that shake you right. down Remember for a couple of dollars. Remember the New Yorker Hotel? They had the netting up there because they were <laughs> yes. jumping out of the windows. They didn't meet their big to Sun Young Moon. Remember he went on trial? He lived at this mansion in Tarrytown. They said, uh, who is the church? He says, I am the church. Yes. Remember they found him uh, on stealing from the IRS? Yeah. I'm I, telling I, think, you. I think they started that paper, the USA Today. Yes. No, not USA Today. No. They had the Washington Times. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. You know, but it, I'm telling you, I was so disappointed in Judge Napolitano. Why? He was praising Shamu El Hefe. Oh, Chris, Chris Christie. I agree with you there. By I'm the with way, you. I'm with right you. now I'm that uh, Orca, yeah. the killer whale there, is going up and down <laughs> the Jersey Shore from Wildwood to Point Pleasant. Does he not realize? He said, oh, you got a standing ovation amongst uh, the governors, uh, the GOP governors. I remember, and you can ask Chairman Cox, who regularly is a guest here in the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion with John Katzmatidis, former New York State GOP party chairman. He and Rob Astorino flew out to Aspen. This is when Shamu El Jefe Chris Christie controlled the money for the GOP governors to run. And he protected Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, of course Cuomo the second. Of course he, he did. wouldn't give Rob Astorino not a penny. I buy it. So what does uh, Napolitano no, say? I, oh, I agree with you. you know, in fact, my cousin Norm Coleman, who was on a couple days ago. Great man, great man. Well, Norm. thank you for saying that. I do love Brooklyn, him dearly. Brooklyn, true Brooklyn true. guy that tried, went to law school in Iowa, lived in Minnesota ever since. But he did the same thing. He was, uh, of course, he leads that Republican Jewish coalition where Donald Trump spoke in Las Vegas last weekend. And he also talked specifically about Chris Christie getting a standing ovation. And I'm like, who cares? By the way, I am. he got a standing ovation because the stage did not collapse <laughs> underneath him. Thank God the rest of the speakers can come out here. DeSantis is up next. Thank you. God, thank you. They reinforced yeah. the stage. That's funny. Look, that's nonsense. I remember when you yeah. converted to become a Trumper. I remember, remember at first it? when you came up from Florida, you were Hillary Rodham Clintonite. I was. And then, slowly but surely, you saw you were wrong, and you acknowledged it. And you've stayed true to Donald Trump all since. 
Notice all these other fair-weather friends. Would you want them in a foxhole? No, no, you're right. I've called them backstabbers, every single one of them. Oh, my God. I mean, it's awful. Mask evacuation. <laughs> it's sort of like, wait a second. Uh, you really think that you got candidates who can beat Donald Trump? Like if that. three or four of these people run in primaries... Yeah. Trump gets 30% of the vote in the primary. He becomes a Republican no, I, presidential I, I, candidate. I still think he gives us our best shot. I really do. You do, too, obviously. But we got to take a short Wait, say, Don't speak for me. I'm still a never Trump. No, I'm no, the original you know, rhino. Buddy. See, you say things on the air, but I know how you feel for real. By the way, who is the fiercest animal in uh, the Kalahari Desert? It's the rhinos. Everybody lets them drink first at the watering hole. Really? If not, yeah, because they'll charge you and gore wait, you. Wait, so if a rhino gets in, in a fight with a lion, the rhino's going to win? Damn right. The lion runs away. No way. Yeah. Is that true? The fiercest animal no in the jungle All right. is the rhino. All right. Well, we got to discuss something else when we get back, and that is lawsuits. Oh, Every yeah. day you're killing this poor guy. Oh, yeah. And yet, and yet, I'm sure, Curtis... That you didn't let your listening audience in on something that I know, which is a phone conversation between Adams and Sliwa. <laughs> Keep it right here. Brian Adams so much. Uh -oh. Tuesday here with Sid Rosenberg on WABC, the old days of Scott Muni, Carol Miller, and the whole crew. You got both One Night Love Affair and One to You by Brian Adams. It's a mood elevator. Mood elevator. No, Although stuff. your two guests bummed me out. Well, I um, apologize for that, but everybody else loved them. Um, and um, I don't do the show for you. I do the show for New York. I didn't say, but I'm, yeah. I'm in flashback mode. I'm in Stanley Park in, in <laughs> Vancouver there. I'm like, <laughs> now, have, you ever, have you ever heard of Shenley Park in Pittsburgh? You may not have. It's a gay park. That's where they found, uh, uh, he used to be the quarterback for the Steelers. He was married to a lady. Her name was Portia on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. But they found him. The urban legend is he was in a car with a guy, and his name is Cordell Stewart. Let, me take, you, let me take you back a little further. You oh, remember boy. the great Roman Gabriel. A uh, great Washington quarterback, Church, Eagles and Rams. And the best fan that the Rams had who would come to every practice session was Jim Neighbors, Gomer Pyle. Oh, he was very gay. Uh, yeah, he used to sleep with Rock Hudson. So all of a sudden, Roman Gabriel was not feeling well. And you remember his coach, Rock Hard, went on to the Washington Redskins, friend of Richard Nixon. said, Coach, can I just bail out today? And he left with Jim Neighbors. He didn't show up the next day. He got ptomaine poisoning. He was really sick. They thought, though, he must have shacked up with Jim Neighbors. 
the the urban legend spread. Poor Roman Gabriel, he lost endorsements, everything because they thought he was yeah, gay. That's funny. And back then, that was a bad thing. Oh, now we don't was, care. Of course, it was right. over. It oh, was over. That's funny. And he was a pretty good quarterback too. So before I get to this uh, phone call, which you've told nobody about, and I've told everybody about, between you and Adams, we'll get to that. Um, Tom Sullivan is oh. a dear friend of mine. You know, he's like family. The best. And and you're great friends with the Sullivan yes. family, too. Yes. They all love you. Michael, Tom, Brian, Danny, the whole crew. Uh, last we heard, he's running against Stacy, fight for a motto for that assembly seat in Queens. Never trust anybody with three names. I remember. agree. Right. And never trust anybody running for a political office that has a, a father who's a judge and a mother who's a county clerk. So here's poor Tom Sullivan. All they're he did was, all he did was fight in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Kuwait, drag bodies out of the burning buildings on 9-11, trying to win. And it looked like he won, and they stopped counting the votes. He went from up 300 votes to 200 votes. Last I heard, he was up three votes. Three votes. True? The paper ballots are coming in from overseas. The good news is they may be from military service personnel. They're usually the last ballots that arrive. That would probably favor Tom Sullivan. But you just mentioned they're going to try to steal this election from yes. Tom Sullivan. Haven't they no doubt tried? about it. By, by stop counting yes. the votes that yes. night, Curtis, at 98% in, haven't they already tried and to steal where, it? Where are the Republican members of the Board of Elections on this? Objecting. Has a deal been made in the back room, you scratch my belly, I scratch yours, over a real hero? You know, we throw that word out every day, hero, hero. Tom Sullivan, you scrape him down to the marrow of his bone, it's all hero. True. And, and this guy, I was out there. I watched him campaigning. You know, I showed up at a few events. I spoke on his behalf. The guy was perpetual, going door to door, busting his shoes. This guy earned earned the right to be the elected official out there representing Broad Channel, the Rockways, where you live now, where Lou lives now. I'm telling you, if they steal it from him, we need to storm the Bastille. <laughs> now, we what does that mean? What do you mean by storm the Bastille? Storm the Bastille, the Board of Elections, uh, to, the, to the barricades. You remember, Les Miserables, to the barricades. <laughs> right? They're going to try to steal it. But from- you're saying they're not going to be able to. You think Tom is still going to win? You think he's still going to win? I don't know. Uh, it's a toss-up because who's in the room counting the paper? You understand? Yes. Who's in the room counting the paper? Democrats, aren't they? I'll tell you what. How about they put you and me in there as a balance to all the Democrats who want to steal this from Tom? Well, then I'll make sure he wins. I'll just I'll just cheat because that's what they do. So, And, uh, you know, people all morning long have been going, we're better than that. I'm not. Well, not only that. They say Curtis Lee was a high school dropout. He can't even read. Oh, this one Republican, Tom Sullivan. This one Republican, Tom Sullivan. This one Republican, Tom Sullivan. You know, it's funny you said that just now. You're a high school dropout. You can't read. And uh, I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I do enough of that throughout the day. But you're one of the smartest people I know because you've, you've got these incredible street instincts. And um, and you're well-read. And you really are one of the smartest guys I know. And I worked all those years with Imus. And Imus never really went to any real schools. He, he never finished high school, I don't believe. He certainly never went to college. And you'll be hard-pressed in your whole life to find somebody smarter. He was a prick, but smarter than Don Imus. So... Guys like you really make the uh, really make the well, uh, the argument for, to not spend $200,000 on your kids to go to college. As you know, uh, <laughs> I can certainly be a prick to some people. Yeah, Eric Adams. Uh, exactly. you got to stop with that. I mean, oh, what, no, no. what oh, is no. this lawsuit? Well, no, no, hold on a second. This is what really gets me uh, angry about Curtis. 
So Wednesday night, I reach out to the mayor. He may have reached out to me, actually. It doesn't matter. And stop asking why I'm his friend. It's the dumbest question I've ever heard. I'm his friend because I'm trying to help you folks here in this city. I'm trying to get Republican values to Gracie Mansion. Stop asking that stupid question. Well, then let's get a new mayor if you want Republican values to Gracie Mansion. You you may be right. And and certainly you would have been the better choice, okay? But we're past that, and you've got to get over it. You're acting like a little bitch. Anyway, uh, Curtis, sorry to call you that. Um, You won't be the last. (laughs) So... I talked to uh, Eric Adams on uh, the mayor, the mayor Wednesday night, and uh, he's there with my friend Todd, you know. And they go, yeah, you know, we uh, just hung up the phone with Curtis because we were talking about getting this dinner together, me, the mayor, and Rudy Giuliani, and I want Curtis to come because on a serious note, above and beyond all the sniping these guys do, Curtis wants this city to excel more than anybody. No one loves this city more than Curtis. Nobody. Nobody. So I wanted Curtis to be there. So, oh, okay, great. They spoke. How'd it go? Well, they kind of jab back and forth, mad swag with the plan, whatever Curtis says, you know. And he said it went very well. I was like, oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Then, then I hear later on that day, this Curtis, this, this mumza, after speaking to the mayor, he sues the mayor after a phone call with the mayor. Who no, does that? No, shit. It was before that. I had oh, personally okay. <laughs> hand-delivered. The documents to the Department of Investigation, City of New York, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who busted Eric Ulrich, the former buildings commissioner, U.S. attorney for the Southern District, U.S. attorney for the Eastern District. I had run out of breath. All of a sudden, I get a call. It's Todd Shapiro. Hey, guess who's on the other line? And it's Eric Adams. And Eric Adams goes, oh, my good friend, what a warrior you've been over the years. Oh, what's wrong with that? Wait a second. That's not a nice thing to say? Well... No, well, what? what do you, if you would have said, oh, don't put me on the phone with this guy. This guy kills me every day. He's no good. He said something nice. And it was true, by the way. And you're still going at this well, guy. Well, what, what do you think he was doing? That? He already knew. He already knew I served the papers. Come on. Come on. Are you that naive? Are you that naive? I know you want to believe the best in Eric Adams. But this is politics. Let, let me ask you a question. This is hard let me ask politics. You a question. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Is Eric Adams, and you're much smarter than I am. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to this stuff. You're supposed to disagree, not say yes, dummy. Um, <laughs> is he the first to do these types of things, Curtis? Why? So my point is, no. he's right. So why are you on this, 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 it's almost like a crusade. You want like this for Bill de Blasio, who did a lot more. You want a crusade to destroy this guy. I have to think. I'm not knocking you, but I have to think it's personal because he beat you. If you didn't run against him and didn't lose in that race. This is what he... I want you to do. This is what I want you Because you like movies, right? You like to yeah. sit around, yeah. comfy fire with your beautiful wife uh, and uh, your children. I want you to watch the movie with Bob Hope in it. What's it called? Bob Hope. It was about I like Bob Hope. Mayor Jimmy Walker. It's about a century ago. Very dapper guy. He used to have $5,000 customized what, what, suits. Who was he the mayor? We're in New York City. Okay, so th- this is a true story, though. This yeah. is, okay, Mayor Jimmy Walker. Right. He used it. to go to the speakeasies at night, you know, to the break of dawn. He messing around with the flapper girls. And then all of a sudden, they told him, you better take a ocean liner and go visit England and go visit France and stay there because you're in double trouble here. And that's exactly what he did. He just left in the middle of his office? Well, back then, they didn't have indictments. You know, they didn't drag you through a court process. But when you say they, who convinced him to leave? I'm curious. Uh, Let's just say everybody who was prepared to arrest him and send him up to the big house. You see, they all have ideas they're going to go to the White House. They don't realize 
when they start crossing the line, they may end up going to the big house and chains and shackles. One question. You saw this woman, Lisa White, right? She was all in the front page. Yeah, yeah. Uh, former friend of his, friend with benefits. For what do the, you mean former friend? They're not friends anymore? I don't know. Oh, now, okay. She, I don't know. she ought to be really but friendly. But you seem to know everything about the guy. I mean, I think you're, you're, you're in his house. Already. He's a sugar daddy. So he claims <laughs> that he lived in her apartment and had his own room. He rented a room from her. You know that's garbage. Hey, he shacked up with her. No big deal. And yet, from 2013 to 2017, in the Jackie Robinson houses, which is the old Ebbets Field in uh, uh, Crown Heights, now all of a sudden she gets a position as a deputy police commissioner for $241,000. No credentials. Well, of course she's got credentials. She's black and she's a woman. Those are two major credentials. Welcome to 2022. Yeah, okay, Sid. You want to file a friend <laughs> no, but, 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 but of the court right, brief on behalf I'm right, Curtis, of Eric Adams? <laughs> and it's not a lot. He's done this before. He has yeah. a habit of doing this. And if nothing more, all these filings on my part may actually keep him from going over the edge and becoming another Jimmy Walker. So you think you're doing a good thing here? There's no doubt. Look, even the New York Post wrote an editorial. And they said, thank you for cutting the budget because we're on the brink of fiscally dissolving in the new year. But you got to knock out all this cronyism, all this nepotism. You're, you're cutting jobs, but you're hiring your cronies. And you want to make them deputy mayors and deputy police commissioners. You're not even hiring them to deliver the mail, you know, and work their way up. Come on. You have I to admit know. this is I, egregious. I, I feel like it. Nobody loves you more than I do. And you and I become really, really close. And part of that is because. Who's closer? Me with you or Eric Adams? I mean. Oh, no. It's still you. Stop. No, no, stop. Choose, choose. Well, he's gaining. He's gaining on you. Did you, did you but, see what happened yesterday no, at National but, but, Action Network without Sharpton? I did Sharpton? see. I did see. Something tells me if you would have won the election that the police commissioner would be wearing a red beret that the deputy police commissioner would be wearing a red beret. I mean, you would have all your your, your, your guardian angel friends in every position across the no, city. No, no, no. Oh, of course you would. No, no, no. Uh, no. Absolutely. you got to pick the best people <laughs> for the job, and you got to stay out of the way of the police commissioner. Yeah. Let the police commissioner. By the way, what does this present police commissioner do, Sewell? Um, Thank you. <laughs> and Peter King. Oh, the best police commissioner. What happened to your friend, Congressman Peter King? The best police commissioner? He and, never said that. Yes, he did. He didn't say she was better than Ray Kelly. He said the best police commissioner. You'll have to, you'll have to provide, provide that audio for oh, me. Oh, it I don't, came I don't from think... your show. All right, if you provide that audio, then I will take by, it up with by Peter. By the way, Machiavelli, what did he say the other day? I don't care if Eric Adams does all this stuff as long as he makes the city stay safe. Oh, so he's above the law. Is this, is this, is this what it is? Well, who said this? Peter King, he's your exa- friend. He's exactly The right. same guy who jumped he's exactly the SS right. no. good uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> he's now a never-Trumper. Well, I'm not happy about that, but to be honest, I don't care what the mayor does either as long as he makes the city safe. So okay. I agree with that, uh, Peter. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> so, by the way, you think you're going to have a sit-down now that I file papers against him? On December 14th, you promised I'd be there. You promised it. You said me, my Kumbadi Cheech, Rudy Giuliani, you, and Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Well, listen, I said horrible things about Eric Adams. Horrible. And he still had dinner with me because he's a decent, patient man. Now, how do you know I won't get wired up like a Christmas tree for this <laughs> meeting? What if he says Could yes, Could it be the though? U.S. Attorney for the Southern what? District or U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District? What if he still says yes, even after these? I'll be there. You'll be there. Oh, absolutely. Okay. By the way, don't put me through a Geiger counter. <laughs> And don't feel my testicles, because you know where I'd hide the wire. Yeah, well, I'll do it after the show today. We'll uh, take a short break. We'll be right back.
Summer Last Dance. This is my last dance for this week. And I enjoyed uh, this show today. No secret, I wasn't thrilled about getting up at 3.15 on the Friday after Thanksgiving. And like I said, I mean this. First time in 15 years I've done this. But uh, it was a lot of fun. You callers were great. Even the stupid lady that complained that I I, I actually name call people. Of course I do. That's why they love me. Whoever you are. But uh, the guests were great, Judge Napolitano and Anthony Scaramucci and Curtis Sliwa. I've got a full board of calls here, Tom, Tony, Abe, Judith, Tony, Marianne, Jimmy, and Robbie, but I'm out of time, so I need to thank uh, my guys here because none of my everyday guys were here. I did miss them, Lou Rafino, Macedonia Phil, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine. Nobody here today. I walked in this morning. For some reason, the program director, Matt Meany, was here. There's probably some disaster overnight. Who knows? And then um, one guy, I do know who Diego is. I've seen him before, but I've never worked with him before. This other kid, Ryan, no idea who he is. No idea. And the other kid, Joe, was here, but he left. And I'm like, oh, my God, how's this going to go for four hours? And i got to tell you, you guys did great. So it was a big deal. I know you all work on the weekends, and it's important. We uh, The weekends here are great, and they're important. But to do the morning show with the music, the ins, the outs, the guests, a lot more difficult, a lot more challenging. And both of you guys did a great job. So happy Thanksgiving, and thank you so much to both of you. And I wish you the best of luck moving forward. So we, uh, we're we going to wrap it up for today and uh, give way to Curtis Sleba, who's filling in for Brian Kilmeade. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Have yourselves a great holiday weekend. If you go shopping today. Go find the best sales on this black body. Not a great weather day today and Sunday. And if you're in Rockaway tomorrow, stop by the Little North Pole. Say hello to me and Stephen Van Zant and the whole crew. So, until Monday morning, everybody, from me, Sid, and the rest of my crew, from all of us to all of you, have a safe and happy holiday weekend. Until then, peace. an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you, but don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation.
consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.